0: <laughs> You're
1: listening to a very special Halloween episode of The Overcast, brought to
2: you by
1: Oversoul Gaming. Get your horror Halloween fix this year at Oversoul Gaming with plenty of horror Let's Plays to watch, including Outlast, Resident Evil 7 in VR, and Bendy and the Ink Machine. Yes, Oversoul Gaming. If it's a horror game, we've probably played it. And now, your feature presentation. <laughs> Hello there everyone and welcome to a very special Halloween episode of the Overcast. I am your host, Justin, aka Oversoul.
3: I am your... Co-host, Nick, aka the vaping fiend.
1: Yes, and this time we're bringing you Spookshine on a Cloudy Night, <laughs> hopefully. <laughs> Something like that. And on this episode, with horror being the theme, we have two very special guests, the, uh, hor- most horror fanatical people <laughs> I know, besides myself and Nick. Uh, we have my sister, Carissa, aka Carasshole. And. Thanks. Hello. <laughs> we never came up with a different one. And. We have her husband, my brother in law, Ryan, aka Ryquaza, aka RMK Buried Alive, an appropriate name for this.
4: Yeah, a little bit.
1: Uh, those of you who have been watching on the YouTubes for a while, you you should recognize them. Carissa has been in some very old challenge videos, and Ryan has been in quite a few things, in fact. One or two. <laughs> yeah. Uh, usually with Dalton and or Dylan attached. Um, speaking of which, Ryan, you know there's a new Broforce game out, right?
4: Uh, I did see that. I think we're going to have to set something up.
1: Yeah, because that was like the first Let's Play we ever did together. Mm-hmm. So what's new with everyone? Tell me your your uh real quickly your uh what's going on in your lives? What's happening?
3: Who wants to go first? The you guests just spoke. Go.
1: Oh uh, yeah, I, I guess you can. Though. Okay, okay, yeah. <laughs> I was going to let the guests go first on account of them being guests
3: and all, but uh... no. But
4: he 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 spoke first. Uh, that was the rules.
3: That yeah, that's fair. Okay, um, I I've just been working a lot, um, I'm working, doing the, the, the whole UPS thing, um, I've been getting good feedback from my supervisor left and right, um, it's been super busy, I've been, like, holding my own, loading the trucks with the packages that come down the conveyor belt.
1: Let me ask you something. Are you ready for the holiday season, bro? Where you I,
3: are? I okay. So uh, thankfully, uh, we have been like told that, um, or when it like I think I think they're gonna start ramping up uh, hiring the hiring process at like at the beginning of, like November, or yeah, November ish. Uh, to be prepared for, like, Black Friday kind of stuff, uh, people are, they're gonna do a mass hiring, and, uh, we're gonna have more people, because it's gonna get super busy, and from my understanding, there's going to be hours to be, uh, taken, so I might pick up a few extra hours to make a little extra money for like Christmas presents for my daughter.
1: That's nice. Yeah, yeah
4: that's always a good a good opportunity.
1: Yeah. I ha- I um I did some seasonal work at UPS like a uh, last year, I want to mm-hmm. say. Last December. Mm-hmm. I was just pushing pa- I was just separating packages down the line depending on the numbers on them.
3: Gotcha. Okay. Wasn't nothing too big. No, right. I I I load the uh, the over the road truck. So yesterday I was in the California truck, and then during the week I uh, they have me in the Franklin Park truck. And there's a lot of like cities that I recognize names of from when I was living out in Lake County.
1: Okay yeah all right well what's going on with the rest of yous you feel free to answer independently or as a combined unit (laughs) Uh,
4: all right so i have i have three things that i can throw out here real quick um so as some of you may also know i am a co-host on a podcast called the fortress of nerditude that my one of my best friends spencer started and uh on the last episode that we recorded, one of the things that him and I had talked about me possibly doing was I noticed that the original Final Fantasy 7 was on sale on Steam for like 6 bucks, And uh, I had mentioned that I had never played that and I had seen some stuff that was saying that you needed to play the original in order to really understand a lot of the stuff with the remake. And he kind of pushed and he was like, "just just buy it. I wouldn't even think about it. So I ended up scooping that and I'm a couple hours into my first playthrough. At this point I've played through the same amount of the remake and the original. Um okay. So, I wanted to I wanted to bring that up because I was I thought that was fun. Yeah. Um
1: in all fairness, the first entry of the remake is like the first 4 hours of the original stretched into a 40-hour game, and there are really good reasons for that. I will say um playing the original will give you an appreciation for the remake uh to a heavy degree for sure but um the the more important thing uh and i i mentioned this in an email i sent to your show too i i haven't heard
4: it yet because uh we haven't recorded that episode uh uh yet yeah but at this time it'll I'm be. To-
1: <laughs> at this time it'll be tomorrow yeah uh yeah, at the time of recording this, it's a Sunday uh, in September, so, and people. Spooky. Yeah, they're not going to hear this until way later. Um, but, but before Rebirth comes out, I would argue that the events of Crisis Core are more important to experience, and they did do a remaster of that recently on newer systems, um, just because of the character Zach. And how I think he's going to play a role in the uh, future entries in this remake trilogy. Just for reasons that, like, I, I won't spoil anything for you, but my personal interpretation of the narrative is that it's actually a requel that takes place in an alternate timeline. But that's just my, okay. the way I see it, you know. You may, okay. you may have a sense. different interpretation
4: man a requel those don't happen anymore you know those (laughs) totally don't happen all the time
1: yeah it's not like god of war and screen (laughs) five exists
4: (laughs) (laughs) right uh well uh on on that note and this is something that i'm sure that carissa is gonna bring up too uh we just binged all of the saw movies in honor of the new one that's coming out uh in like a week at the time of recording this friday yeah
1: yeah, I'd like to know what you guys uh thought of Spiral, the uh what I what I consider um fan fiction spin-off movie. Uh
4: I will let Carissa give her opinion, but overall it was a lot better than I thought it would be, honestly.
1: I agree with that.
4: Uh
2: Yeah, I think going into it with zero expectations really helped. <laughs> yeah.
4: Yeah. I went into it with as as low as you can get. I was not even the slightest bit interested in watching it. And, uh, I actually enjoyed it a lot more than I thought I would.
1: Man, that, uh, that glass shredding trap.
4: Oh,
3: yeah. That was a, that was a unique one, I think.
1: Nick, you liked Spiral, didn't you?
3: Spiral, yes. Spiral was one of my, uh, favorite, uh, uh favorite of the franchise, yes. Okay.
1: Yeah, those movies definitely fall on a spectrum in terms of who likes which ones. But I think yeah. we can all agree that the first one is one of the better ones.
4: Agreed. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. Uh so I I went through and I we we did that. And then I also just pushed to reread Inheritance, which some people may also know as the fourth book in the Aragon series. Um because christopher paulini the author is dropping a uh <laughs> kind of a, a continuation of it following a character by the name of Murtag. um originally the so originally aragon was supposed to be a trilogy that he ended up breaking into four books because the last book uh was getting so long that he had to split it and then Shortly, maybe like a year or two ago, he announced book five was in the works, and then he announced that this book was being written uh, and confirmed that this book is not book five in in the series. So as Aragon being my favorite book series, finding out that not only am I getting a new book later this year, but I'm also getting a book five coming hopefully sooner than later. Uh That has me excited. Uh, he also dropped a sequel to one of his other books that he's written called To Sleep in a Sea of Stars. And that book is kind of, the new book that he put out is also kind of a requel. You find out that there's a lot of stuff that happens before uh, the the game, and or the, the book. Um, I haven't read the new one, but he just dropped that not too long ago so I'm also getting two books from my favorite author in the same year after like years of not getting anything so I'm really really excited right now
1: man that that takes me back Um, oh boy I know we don't like to talk about it but god that movie they made was such a missed opportunity
4: yep but it's okay because we're getting the full big budget show now and that is the way to tell the story
1: yes yes i uh I agree i've I still have and still stick to the opinion that there are some good examples out there of shows that should have been movies and movies that should have been shows, and the two best examples that come to mind immediately is the Eternals and Obi-wan Kenobi. Mm. I think Obi-wan should have been a movie and Eternals should have been a show, even though I liked both of them, they both would have benefit one would have benefited from being shorter and the other from being longer, yeah,
4: okay. I haven't watched Obi Wan. Uh, something that I haven't admitted to Spencer yet. Um, he's been he's been pushing. He's been badgering me like, "Oh, if only you'd start Star Wars Rebels and you know watch Rebels." Uh, and I just keep playing it off that I you know just like yeah, I'll get around to it at some point. Like I'm halfway through season three of it right now, and he has no idea that I've even started it. And <laughs> those are those are kind of longer to watch like i can't just binge a season in one night um yeah so eventually i'm gonna just drop the bomb on on him casually by like bringing up something that happens in like the last season of it or even just watching ahsoka which a lot of people are saying is just season five of rebels basically and you know just casually drop it into conversation and watch how he reacts (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, I've been excited to watch Ahsoka, or I was, but now I've held off because I heard that too, and I was like, ah, fuck, I do it. now I have to decide whether or not I want to go through all that before I even start it. Do it.
4: Do it. Absolutely do it. Rebels is freaking amazing. I'm I did... blown away by it.
1: When I watched Book of Boba Fett, there were some characters that came in that I, w- I was like, they look familiar, but I don't know why. Then I had to look into it, and I was like, oh, right, they're from the cartoons. Okay. yeah. So, and I, so... I was like, all right, I have vague memories of the Clone Wars on Cartoon Network, so <laughs> um, I know it's all canon, too, for the most yep. part. So, yeah, that's a, that's a lot of watching, but Obi-Wan is definitely worth it. I would say that the some episodes and some scenes in that show are like on quality with the better halves of the movies, for sure. And I also just like Ewan McGregor as Obi-Wan.
4: Yeah, that's very
1: fair So, um, like, there there was There is a lot of filler in that show That didn't need to be there But for the most part, it is a very enjoyable ride And, uh, young Princess Leia Like, very young The, uh, the actress that plays her Does a great job and is adorable That's good to hear So, um Okay What's up with you, Carissa?
2: I've been working, and I've been sleeping.
1: (laughs) Sounds familiar? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So, working and sleeping, how did you like the, uh, how did you feel about your Saw Marathon? Or let me ask you this, as a combined question for the both of you, because, uh, previously to recording this, it's not out yet at the time of recording this, it will be this coming, I want to say Wednesday, hopefully, um... Nick and I, our last episode we recorded in honor of the upcoming Saw movie. Our topic was a Saw Traps tier list, where we ranked like 37 different Saw Traps on a tier list, S to F. Um, So let me just ask you this. What is the best and worst trap in the series? Or your favorite? It doesn't have to be an objective answer.
2: I mean, I don't think it's my favorite, but I do think the... uh cold open public trap in seven was an interesting take yeah for the saw franchise
1: yeah i would say that one was very interesting um ryan the quit
2: granted i don't think any of those people deserve to be in that trap no. but <laughs> to
4: to be completely honest my favorite trap in the entire uh series is probably the sun in the safe
1: Oh, the, the, the fact overall that, test for Eric Matthews.
4: Yeah, the the fact that literally all of that is one hundred percent psychological. All he has to do is keep his cool and he fails his test. I I love that because in a series that overly implies the gore level of what has to happen, uh to have a trap that is one hundred percent nothing but a conversation. I just I love the 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 psych behind that. I don't like a lot of the gore in the Saw movies. I think that a lot of it is kind of just overdone. Um there are some that I like watching, you know, it's kind of fun watching the um Chester Bennington scene in Seven or things like that. <laughs> yeah. Um just because of the people involved mainly it being Chester Bennington there. Um but overall, the thing that I really like about Saw, the reason why I am okay watching the movies, is because of all of the psychology behind everything that plays out.
1: Yeah, and uh, in the later half, it definitely becomes a uh, criminal minds cop drama.
3: Yeah, it does. Uh,
1: when when it diverts to Hoffman being the the main villain. Um, I would say, um, Gore aside, I don't, I wouldn't say it's my favorite, but one of the first ones I always think of is the Pendulum Trap from the opening of the fifth one. Um, just be, I made a habit of watching the, um, the behind the scenes of all of these movies. So knowing how they did that gives me a higher appreciation for it, you know, from like a, uh, creativity and artsy standpoint. I, I don't think. know how they did that so the guy the actor um the whole lower half of his body was a prosthetic the actor's upper half was real and he was his lower half of his body was under the table they had a prosthetic there that they filled with like they had nylons filled with like blood packs and raw meat and stuff like that for the intestines and for the pendulum shots they actually used a styrofoam blade and a real blade depending on the shot For some of those scenes, yeah, and so they actually had that pendulum swinging and cutting through the prosthetic and throwing that stuff everywhere, and they did so a lot of those like gut tossing scenes were done in like one take. Okay, Um, that makes sense. They they used prosthetic hands for the um, for the clamps. So for the close up shots where he's actually putting his hands in there, they had styrofoam clamps for him to put his hands in, so he was safe. But then when they actually get crushed, they had prosthetic hands in there filled with blood packs and stuff. Nice. And they used real clamps on the prosthetics. So, yeah, they put a lot they of work used, into that stuff.
2: They also used real maggots in that slaughterhouse trap in Saw yes, 3. Yes, they
1: did for the pig corpses. Absolutely. Yeah, that's, and, desu-
4: that's so disgusting. It
1: is absolutely disgusting. That is vile. And in the behind-the-scenes, <laughs> they were laughing about it. They're like, oh, tee-hee, they're getting everywhere.
2: Uh <laughs> oh. It's why you can't put me in a Sawtrap. I'll just die. <laughs> and, I'll um, miss
4: half of what Jigsaw was saying anyways because I'll just be, like, zoned out.
1: Yeah, in shock. Uh, they also, that the stuff that that judge was being drowned in was, like, a mixture of, like, pea soup and some other stuff. The same stuff that they used to make, like, fake vomit in movies, you know, basically just it. That's what I like about those movies Is that when they go hard They try to go all prosthetics instead of CGI And when they started using CGI In the later ones you could tell The difference Practical effects are almost always better When you can pull them off Looks more real
2: Yeah Sauce saw seven kind of looked like shit
1: <laughs> With the Vaseline smear over the camera
2: well, so pretty sure most of that budget went to the uh, 3D effects. Yeah, that don't hold up anymore. Extremely
1: gimmicky in that one, like throwing the saw at the camera. That wasn't even like in character for the character who did it. <laughs> yeah, uh, but I do love me some Doctor Lawrence Gordon, though. All right. Well, um as for me, I just. Uh, Pretty much the same as my sister here, working and sleeping, and but also working on YouTube stuff. Um, I did some overtime yesterday because there was a swim meet at the school, and uh, <laughs> I, I can't lie for a good part of the day because I like had nothing better to do. All I had to do was like set up for them, make sure everything was good, check the trash every once in a while, and then clean up when they were done. So for several hours, I had like literally nothing to do. So I just went in the library and took a nap.
4: <laughs> nice.
1: Yeah. It's like, what, you know, the, gu- the custodian who normally does it because his daughter <laughs> is one of the swimmers, um, couldn't make it yesterday because they had to be somewhere else. So I filled in for them. I got like eight and a half hours of overtime though. So. Hey, that's
4: always a good feeling.
1: Hell yeah. Yeah.
4: <laughs> well, maybe not at the time, but like that paycheck's always a little bit nicer.
1: Yeah. 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 It's, yeah. Uh, I didn't, I, I didn't want to get up is- that early, though. I had to be there at like 7 in the morning, but. Yeah. Oof. It was fine. Then I did a little grocery pickup from Wally World and played a little video games, but then I was too tired, so I fell asleep. Woke up <laughs> at like 11 something at night, played a little more, fell asleep again, and then woke up probably around the time I started messaging y'all. Okay, Nibbler. Sometimes you gotta take it in pieces where you can get it.
4: Yep, absolutely.
1: <laughs> well, um, these are the the life updates. I was gonna say, it sounds like we did a little bit of a media corner leakage in here, but, uh, I'm just gonna let that be what it is, because I still have, uh, some media corner stuff. So, uh, with that being the case, I'm gonna go ahead and Transition over into that section now.
0: The prime time
1: All right, everyone, welcome to the media corner section of the show. This is the part where we have the the news, reviews, and recommendations, however you want to look at it. Um, I um, I just want to say, uh, Tokyo Game Show is going on right now. And uh, there's been a couple of things to come out of that, but mainly uh, the other night they had a extended look at the upcoming Final Fantasy VII Rebirth um, and showed some of the new gameplay, and um, all I can say is I am beyond excited for this. It's going to be... Like, anyone who enjoyed the first entry in the remake trilogy, this one is going to be, like, ten times better, as far as I can tell so far. It um, brings back the classic overworld map of Final Fantasy Days of Yore, uh, which makes sense, because that's the next step after Midgar in the original. Anyways, um, so it becomes a sort of an open-world RPG at this point. Uh, they're adding synchronicity attacks, Uh, to this one, so you don't have... So while you're... Instead of having to just, you know, wail with regular attacks while you wait for your ATB bar to go up so you can do magic and stuff, there are other options available to you now. What I saw was, I think, Aerith cast, like, a wind spell that Tifa then floated on in the air and used it to do air combos and beat the shit out of a flying enemy. Um... So that looked pretty cool. The combat in general looks more open and fluid, because uh, in the original remake it's very tight, would be uh, in the first entry, would be the best way to put it, I think. Um, there's going to be a lot of returning characters from the original remake entry. There's going to be chocobos. Um, there's going to be a chocobo ranch. You will have to capture chocobos and tame them. Um, In these sort of stealth sections In order to ride them But once you do, you can Red 13 is a playable character in this one Um, And whereas in the original game Yuffie and Vincent are optional characters In this game, they will be a mandatory part of the story Um, And this entry will also have the Gold Saucer Which is the infamous casino section From the original Where you can play a bunch of mini-games Like Chocobo Racing And uh, other stuff like that so um I am very much looking forward to this. It is uh just from like they showed us like forty minutes of gameplay and every last bit of it looked phenomenal. I I cannot wait. Um I, I cannot wait for this. It comes out okay. next February was the uh an- was the answer we got from the Yeah, so there's still Plenty of time to play through the remake and the Crisis Core remaster before this next entry comes out. Um, as well. I wouldn't say there's plenty of time to play through all of the original, though. <laughs> yeah. Uh, also, um, from what I understand, from what they said, the, this next entry is going to end where that infamous death scene from the original takes place. Hmm. So, um, and because of my theory about this game taking place in an alternate timeline, that may not happen exactly the way people are expecting it to, is also part of my theory. Um, there are literally in the original, in the first entry, enemy characters, sort of enemy characters, whose whole purpose is kind of this fourth wall breaking, uh, keep the timeline intact. Goal. Like, they literally exist to make sure things happened the way they happened before. <laughs> so, hmm. yeah, and that comes into play, uh, very importantly, uh, later on. So, that's why I have the- I have my reasons. You'd have to finish the first entry in the remake to understand where I'm coming from, but once you do, you'll be like, oh, okay, I get it. <laughs> you know, um... All okay, right, does anybody have anything they want to review, recommend or any media news? I
4: have a I have an easy one here that I wanted to talk about. Uh okay. there's a game that is able to be played on mobile, it's able to be played on literally like every console that's out there. So the it, it's cheap, it's really 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 easy to actually play the the only control in the entire game is move around with your control stick um, it's called vampire survivors and well, I've heard of this it, it's won a ton of awards and it and it doesn't look on the very surface right you look it up and you you see, see maybe pictures of it it's pixel art like it doesn't look like anything all that phenomenal but it is an a, addicting gameplay loop and uh the way that you play it is there's enemies that pop up on the map and you just have to continue to move and then depending on every time you level up you get to pick a new ability or upgrade one of your previous ones based off of kind of a roulette system you know it, it pops up with three or four choices that you can pick from every time you level up um and you know there are some that are you know, fast, close combat attacks. There are some that are like long range attacks. There's a shield, you know, all sorts of different things that you can pick from. So all sorts of different like flexible builds, but you get to pick up a total of 10 items on each run. And then you just try and survive uh, for 30 minutes on each map. And as you play, you get gold that you can then use to buy permanent upgrades or new characters to play as that have different starting weapons or different health or different random abilities or things like that so you can really fully customize it to your advantage and there's so much other content hidden in each world there's like it's it's just I cannot like oversell this game enough it is so good um and
1: Jaxceptica is like obsessed with this game uh, well, from what I've seen, and I think it was nominated for Best Mobile Game at the Game Awards last year.
4: It it won several major awards. It beat out major games for awards in different game shows. Uh, and the best part about this to me, they put out a DLC uh, not too long ago that was like a ton of new content and they charged like a buck fifty for it they are not a predatory game company and i absolutely need like v- people need to play this game and support that company because we need more practices like that in <laughs> uh, in gaming
1: yeah i i don't mind um i don't mind like mobile games I, there's a ton that i actually really like like Near reincarnation and Dissidia opera but they're What I hate is when the gotcha mechanics do get predatory and it becomes pay to win where you hit this like you hit this progress wall where it feels almost impossible to keep going unless you put hours and hours into grinding or pay money.
4: Yeah, this isn't like that at all. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, no. I I absolutely recommend find a way to play this. Like I said, it's on it's on mobile, it's on console, it's on PC. Like, you can play it on literally any device at this point, basically. Give it a try as soon as you can, because it is phenomenal.
1: There are um, games that handle the whole gacha thing very well that I appreciate how they put into it. So there are some free-to-play or mobile games like... Like I said, Dissidia Opera Omnia or Genshin Impact, where you can beat the entire single player campaign, the story mode, without spending a dime. And the only time you really have to even think about it is if you want to get involved in the like the like challenge maps and the PvP stuff and all that that I don't care about anyway. So mm-hmm. um so it's um so those I I can play through. Um and like the new Honkai uh, Star Rail as well. Um, the city of Opera Omnia actually got around that by basically pushing every character you get in the game to the max level immediately so that you can basically OP the story mode. But if you want to do like challenge maps and stuff, you're going to have to break level caps and stuff like that. And that requires more effort. So, um, so I appreciate that they at least made it accessible to people who just care about the story part.
3: Yeah. Uh, I. Um, anybody else got anything? (laughs) Okay. Uh. We've been. I. Oh, go ahead, Nick. This, this this is, this is definitely, uh. Definitely noteworthy. Ryan Reynolds will re, will be receiving. I will receive. Bring Change Minds. Robin Williams Legacy of Laughter Award. At its 11th annual Revels and Revelations fundraiser, the organization announced Wednesday, this year's fundraiser will be held in New York City at a city winery at City Winery, uh, New York on October 9th. The BC2M is Glenn Close's mental health-focused nonprofit organization. Each year, the Robin Williams Legacy of Laughter Award is given out at the fundraiser in honor of the late actor by his children, Zach, Zelda, and Cody. Previous recipients include uh, Billy Crystal, Goldberg, Ben Stiller, the Smith family, Dan and Eugene Levy, and Melissa McCarthy. Hmm. Yeah, and sounds like a bunch cool. of
1: well-deserved recipients. to oh my god! Who me is, better uh, but, but Ryan like the Reynolds? The line is also very well deserved.
4: I've literally <laughs> never yeah. once laughed at okay. anything he's done ever. <laughs> yeah.
1: No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Deadpool and the great fucking movie guys. Yeah. Total bombs. Yeah. Nobody like the complete
4: flops. <laughs>
3: yes. <laughs>
1: Box office flops that went on to become cult hits <laughs> no no,'t no, no this movie is I remember the first Deadpool came out on Valentine's Day that movie did very well,
3: yeah, it did
4: yeah, it sucked
1: <laughs> um. <laughs> but that is that is a cool thing that is a cool thing that they do it's a it's a good legacy um and the fact that it's like mental health focused and non profit yeah all that I approve strongly.
3: Yes, yeah, I, I, that, that, like I said, this is definitely noteworthy, and who better but Ryan Reynolds? Like one at of my this, favorite, one of my absolute favorite actors.
1: At this point, yes, yes, well, yes. and just to be clear, well Deadpool deserved. three has not been canceled; it's just on hold until they figure out the strike stuff.
3: Yep. Okay. Yes. Absolutely. I got my panties in a bunch for no reason. For that. <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh, uh. Uh. Everyone support writers.
1: Yes. 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 Um and thankfully some actually I um and you know since we're going to be talking about horror stuff anyways it's worth mentioning A24 came to an agreement with their writers so um and they're like oh one of everyone's like favorite horror production companies I'm so excited right now. for the
4: next movie that they just dropped a trailer for.
1: What is that? the Nick Cage, yeah, the one. Nick Cage one. Oh, that's right. What they are it? doing a Nick Cage one. I'm looking...
2: You'll just have to watch the trailer for it, Nick, because I cannot explain what it's about. No, I just What's
1: don't... I don't remember the name of it yet. I'm look.
4: I'm looking right now. Uh, dream Scenario.
1: Okay, yeah. I,
3: okay. I haven't seen the trailer that for that yet. That sounds interesting.
1: I haven't seen the trailer for it yet, but I did see, um the trailer for it pop up on youtube like I, it showed up in my recommend uh, so the the
4: you know one i s-
2: sent the link to you i sent the link for the trailer to you the other day justin okay
4: that's so right. the the kind of one paragraph summary here uh that they're advertising a hapless family man paul matthews nicholas cage finds his life turned upside down when millions of strangers suddenly start seeing him in their dreams but when his nighttime appearances take a nightmarish turn, Paul is forced to navigate his newfound stardom. It almost seems like a weird take on The Truman Show.
1: Yes. Okay. Yeah, it does.
4: And it looks phenomenal, and it's Nicolas Cage, so, I mean...
1: Yeah, he's been knocking it out of the park lately with these weird-ass side movies. He used to do weird-ass side movies that suck. Now he does weird-ass side movies
3: that are good. Yep,
4: I'm here for it.
3: He was a... He was a fucking amazing. Dracula in, Ren- in, uh, in Renfield, Renfield. yeah, I we still have Renfield. to watch that. Renfield it's was good. so good. You
1: guys will enjoy it. I put it up there in the horror comedy vein with like Duck- Tucker and Dale and stuff like that.
4: Okay, yeah, yeah, I I wanted to see it. We just we were supposed to go see it with a couple of friends, and then the scheduling just got complicated, and it got out of theaters. But yeah, we we should watch that soon. <clears throat>
1: um. Yeah, the best thing A24 has put out so recently is Talk To Me. That one was good, too, and I think you guys will like that one as well. That I put that in my top
3: five A24 movies, for sure. I'm going to wait for that to come to, like, a streaming service. Uh, yeah.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: So what did you have, Carissa?
2: Oh, I was just going to say we've been watching a lot of uh, Young Justice on HBO Max.
1: Oh, oh yeah. yeah, I haven't seen any of that show yet, but I have uh, heard good things. So much better than it's you're really gonna good. think it is.
2: Remember, DC is really good at animated stuff. Yeah, and hopefully are...
4: now that everything is kind of washed, they'll be good at the live action stuff too. Hopefully,
3: they are. I go ahead. I'd like to. I'd like to add. Uh, I put uh, after listening to your episode of fortress of nerditude where you guys talked about flash Uh uh-huh i that night after i got home from work i actually um put it on and fell asleep watching it (laughs) was it the babies yes that's what did it that's what did it for me i'm like i can't even that's like the
4: only scene carissa has actually (laughs) seen
2: I don't think I need to see anymore.
1: <laughs> that, that scene definitely sets an odd tone that sets your expectations weirdly for the rest of the movie. And then from that point,
3: it's just whiplash. I didn't even know whiplash to... is
4: actually a really good movie. <laughs> Come on.
3: Though. I didn't even, i I didn't even make it to, to the part where Michael Keaton came in. Honestly,
4: the, the way that I can say this is it's worth watching for Michael Keaton. It's, Okay. And and ultimately, like Ezra Miller needs help.
1: Yeah. Needs a yes, lot yeah. of help.
2: That
4: yeah. that being said, the the Barry Allen that he plays, the 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 flash that or I should say they they play is entertaining. It is entertaining to watch. I did laugh at a lot of the quips. I did enjoy the movie overall as a whole. But mm-hmm. it, it I can't sit there and try and justify all of the problems with the movie i think it's worth watching once to get the story that they're trying to portray and to again get to experience michael keaton because he was like flawless the entire movie
3: oh i i definitely plan on going back and like sitting down and watching it at some point because i do actually want to see it i just after listening to y'all's episode i just like you know what? What the hell? Like, I, I have uh, to see
1: for myself how mediocre it is. Right, it's exactly. Not good. Yeah. It's not uh-huh. bad. It's yeah. somewhere in between. I give it like a six yeah, I give
2: yeah,
4: it like a exactly. six out of ten. You know. Uh yeah. Carissa, out of curiosity, who's your favorite character in Young Justice?
2: I'm really not <laughs> sure who's your favorite.
4: Mm-hmm. I really liked the Aqualad. Kind of whole story arc, but I'm also very partial to Kari Payton, so that could be a part of it.
1: <laughs> I um, I have to circle back just a tiny bit just to say that as much as I enjoyed Michael Keaton in that movie, by the way, some of his lines are one of my issues with that movie. Uh,
4: yeah, but I can't. I can't really. Hold the writing against no, no, him. No, 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 no.
1: It's not his. His,
4: his yeah. performance is was flawless. I did well. I, that's more me clarifying that his performance as Batman was flawless. It was really good to see him back in that it, role.
1: It was, but I do. You can kind of tell that um, that the fan service lines they feel a bit forced, and it all it almost yeah. feels like he didn't want to say them. <laughs> you know.
4: Yeah, there's a lot of reluctancy in in some of the delivery. I can
1: almost see him, the actor himself, rolling his eyes during the you-want-to-get-nuts line. Like, he he genuinely looks like he <laughs> almost rolled his eyes saying it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Um... But, yeah. Uh, I, uh... Speaking of DC animated stuff, I agree with you that their animated stuff is usually the best because I just finished season four of Harley Quinn recently on each... on Max, and, uh... <laughs> The one to watch. Um, (laughs) The one to watch, yeah. Yeah. We keep calling X the website formerly known as Twitter. I'm just going to start calling it the app formerly known as HBO.
4: (laughs) They they started pushing uh, that every member is going to have to pay a small fee in order to access X now, by the way. I don't know when it actually takes effect, but Elon Musk said this is his way to combat bots is to make everyone pay. It's probably even just going to be like a buck a month or something like that, but you have to pay in order to even use the the app well, anymore. The muskrats uh, can have uh, it. I'm out. So, <laughs> out. so
3: dumb. Yep, yeah, I, I, no, already, I already posted. As soon as it. that
4: happens, peace out, guys. Exactly. Yeah.
3: No. There goes he- most yeah, of no, your I'm user base
1: true. except for the <laughs> weird people who idolize other people.
4: The only reason I'm even on it now, uh, after all of the changes have taken place, is to watch it burn in real time, you know? <laughs> if I could safely be on board the Titanic, like, let's let's go. That's kind of what's happening here. <laughs> it's like
1: a car I wreck, you threats. just can't look away. <laughs> yep. Holy shit. Um, so, how, how are you liking the show, Carissa Young Justice, overall?
2: Um, it's really, really good okay so no
1: downsides then not really how about you Ryan
4: there's there's one kind of major character death that partially the nature of how the show tells its story uh, partially how superhero shows always find a way of kind of bringing characters back and things like that there was one character death that I think they do did not nail the landing on because carissa and i both were like no he's gonna come back at some point here like this is gonna happen at some point and then like another season went by and i just looked it up because i'm like what is like and then it's like oh no this character died like last season and there was just it feels like there was no real fanfare for it you know there was no like holy holy shit we just lost one of our best friends And nobody seemed to really react like they're still talked about. They're still discussed. It really felt like that character was going to make some sort of surprise comeback and it never happened. And I'm like, wait, what?
2: Yeah. They kind of treated it like nothing.
4: Yeah. That's, that's my only real complaint that's happened technically two different times. It feels kind of like now with two different characters, but also that being said, yeah, look, they aren't afraid to kill off major characters.
3: Like Game of Thrones.
1: <laughs> or The Walking Dead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that became, I think, Game of Thrones really started that trend, because up until that point plot armor was a trope for primary protagonists in anything but horror stories. And re- Oh, there's
2: the a part. character, there's a character in the last season of Game of Thrones that definitely has some plot armor. Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah. Uh, I have not made it to the last season yet, so. Oh, well, when there's you get there, you'll see
2: what survives I mean.
4: An entire, there's a character that survives an entire chapel collapsing on them, and walks away Jesus. with a, literally a scratch oh, on Oh, I know
1: what you're talking Jesus about. Christ. I haven't even seen okay. it, but I know what you're talking about.
4: My, my favorite character, but... Like,
1: really? I lived, uh... Game of Thrones vicariously through everyone else and um, through YouTube (laughs) clips and South Park parodies and shit like that. So I'm...
3: (laughs) Carissa,
4: were we we referring to the same character?
2: Yes.
3: (laughs) Okay, if I guess which character, can you confirm or deny? Yeah, sure.
4: Sure. I have no... I'm only not spoiling it because I don't know... Because you said you hadn't finished it. So if you don't (laughs) care...
3: I'm in these. I'm in the. I'm in. How many seasons are there? There's eight. Seven. Seasons, right? No, there's Seven. eight. Okay. I'm in season six. Oh, oh. I'm, okay. I'm in. Okay. No, I'm, the last in, season in, didn't that's happen. Yeah, I was gonna
4: say
1: season eight's the last bad one. I guess happen. nine seasons if you count House okay. of the
3: Dragon. Right. Okay. Um, so I am in season. Six. Okay. I'm in season six. Okay. And. After watching how much of it I have watched, I'd have to safely say my favorite character is Tyrion Lannister.
4: Okay. That is Is not the character I was referring to.
2: Okay, okay. A lot of people didn't like Season 7 either, but I thought it was fine. And uh, one of my favorite, like, plot twist deaths happens in Season 7. Ooh, okay. Scandalous. uh, But yeah, season eight is definitely the worst.
1: Well, and I also... Season eight had a lot of production problems. A dark-ass episode, no one could see the Starbucks cup sitting in the frame, you know.
4: The bottle of water in the other one.
1: So uh, that was... It feels like once they they caught up to the books, they just didn't know what to do from that point and winged it. Yeah, 100%. (laughs) But also,
2: uh, (laughs) D&D got hired on to write the next Star Wars movies... Um, while they were still doing Game of Thrones, so it's speculated that they just kind of rushed through Season 8 so they could get to working on that, but they kind of shot and themselves in the foot. And then they lost Star Wars. <laughs> Oof. Because...
4: They lost their Star Wars contract because of how the last season of Game of Thrones went.
2: Yeah, Disney saw how bad Season 8 went and all the backlash they got, so they let them go. Well,
1: in all fairness, Star Wars and... Oh I guess by extension also the m c u has as of lately been a roller coaster in terms of quality
4: <laughs> that's why I'm vouching for rebels as hard as I was because it is very good, but also it was from a while ago. it's not new no you know, but ahsoka is new and people so.
1: are liking that i think um and i I haven't gotten around if to you it watch yet. rebels, you have to watch the bad batch too though don't you uh,
4: I don't know that you have to. And all of this I'm ties sure. into
1: Rogue One in some way or another, and then the, the Star, Fallen Order and Jedi Survivor are also canon. Just so you know.
4: I still have to play through yeah. those. I played like an hour or two of, uh, Fallen Order, and I liked it, I just got distracted. Yes,
1: Uncharted Wars, Star Souls, Metroid. <laughs> it, it It really is all those things.
4: Why play one game, or why play all these games when you can play them all in one?
1: Yeah, 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 it it definitely, it it, it definitely borrows a lot from Soulsborn and Metroidvania games, but then there's also some Uncharted in there too, for sure. Well, alright then, Um, so, that will... Be it for the media corner t- in this episode, I think. And we'll just go ahead and go straight into the topic. Uh, our guests have a... Going into
3: the topic? Yes, our
1: guests have a hard out today, so we're going to uh, try and make this one a little bit briefer. So, okay. So, into the topic we go.
4: You know, it's Halloween. I guess everyone's entitled to one good scare, huh?
1: Alright everyone, welcome to this episode's topic, which in honor of the spooky season of October slash Halloween is going to be all about yes. the horror genre. We're talking movies, yes. books, TV shows, music, video games, all that fun stuff and what have you. So, to start us off, I have... Uh, you know, we're going to go back to the beginning, to the origins, with this first question, and I'm going to ask everyone, what is there, as far back as you can remember, what got you into horror? What's your first memory with the horror genre? You know, what uh, what, what sparked your interest in all of this?
3: Michael Myers. So Same. it was Halloween for I, you. Uh, so, okay, so what what it was is I... Didn't see any of the original Halloween movies first. The first Halloween movie I saw was the Rob Zombie Halloween. But I did end up going back and watching a lot of the originals. And I got super excited when the, they decided to basically do the 40 year continuation with a trilogy. Halloween, Halloween kills and Halloween ends. Love Evil
4: it. dies tonight.
3: <laughs> yes, it was so good. It, okay, so I I'll have to say Halloween ends.
1: That's the one everyone hates apparently.
3: Oh my god, it was it could have been so much better. I didn't hate but it. But Michael Myers was it was he was barely he was barely in it. It was like more like of a pass- uh, more like a passing of a of the torch kind of thing yeah
1: they they undid the um they completely undid the uh everything after the first original movie up until the 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 new timeline starts
4: rightfully so
3: <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, looked, Halloween come...
2: was supposed to just be a standalone horror movie because the the requel is turned into a whole fucking
1: franchise the requel is a direct continuation of the original and then that's where it goes on with those other two you mentioned yeah Um, but you said Michael Myers is what got you into horror so I imagine you were familiar with him before you watched the movies then
3: yeah it was a recurring thing when I was in high school and um, I ended up like Going to see the uh, the Rob Zombie Halloween movie in theaters opening weekend, and i mean let me tell you that movie theater was packed. Do you remember to the brim? What the
1: first horror movie you ever saw was?
3: I don't know. I do not know. I do not remember for the life of me what my first horror movie was. Mine
2: was either Jaws or Poltergeist. I'm not sure which one, but I don't know. I want to say I was like seven or eight when I first watched (laughs) those.
1: So is that what got you into horror?
2: Uh, No, that's not what got me into horror. I watched the original Halloween um, at a friend's house when I was like 12, and that's what really got me into horror. Um, Okay. So I watched that for the first time, and then my dad and stepmom at the time, they would take us to family video, you know, when that was still a thing. (laughs) And we would just rent Mm -hmm. random horror movies. A lot of misses.
4: (laughs) Uh, My sister was uh kind of where I got introduced to a lot of my tasted music and a lot of kind of the movies and things like that that I enjoyed too um I am trying to remember what the actual first horror movie that I watched was uh but I remember really getting into it with the Final Destination movies
0: mm-hmm. uh I
4: think the the first actual horror movie that i saw in theaters that i can remember though and this is one that carissa you know tries to give me a hard time about and uh one that the (laughs) dead meat podcast has the absolute wrong opinion on uh stay alive the horror movie where if you die in the video game you die in real life the same way frankie muniz frankie muniz is in that movie i love that movie I still in thoroughly enjoy it. I would. I still think that it was a missed opportunity to not make a horror video game based off of that game. Uh, though well, how I do, are they going to kill admit, people it probably in Probably would
1: have <laughs> if They have that. It's called um, Sword Art Online. <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh, uh,
4: but yeah, I I still thoroughly enjoy that movie every time I watch it. And, uh, yeah,
2: Justin, remember we watched that at your old place because mom put it on and she's like, Oh, you guys will like this. It's about video games. And we watched it and we're like, What the hell? (laughs) I
1: have, like, I was pretty, like, um, (laughs) lukewarm on that one. I didn't love it or hate it. It was, um, um, kind of like in, in the middle for me. But I understand where you're coming from, Ryan, because I, to this day, will still defend the, Underrated Saw Clone movie, Are You Scared?, which a lot of people shit on. And it's also very hard to find a copy of now, but it was, in my opinion, a very interesting take on that whole, like, killing games and trap premise, you know? Okay. Um, because it was like a bunch Never of people, even heard of that. they thought they were going to, like, a reality show uh, based off this kind of stuff, and it ended up being, like, real, and there's, like, one. I guess you could call it trap in particular in there that there's two siblings that are tied to these chairs and they have these drills coming towards them. And, like, basically they have to choose between the two of them which one is going to die because they're, um, like, they have to, like, willingly push the drill towards themselves so they're actually like fighting each other over which one is going to sacrifice themselves it uh has um hawkeye black widow vibes uh, from that one scene in infinity war um but okay but like you know a lot more gory and emotional <laughs> um it is like a surprisingly think... emotional scene for that kind of movie what a lot of
3: people would loosely call torture porn <laughs> um i I think I remember the first horror movie I ever watched. Or horror related superhero movie. Oh. Oh, really? Spawn.
1: Oh, you know what? I'll count it.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if. It, I. I feel like it was a horror, I think it's a, I feel like it's a horror related superhero. It is horror adjacent.
1: You say? And, it, and it all, if okay. it's horror adjacent, I'm counting it in this episode because it's all okay. things in that, okay. in that ballpark. Twilight. And, yes. Mm, well, mm, <laughs> that I would consider more drama.
4: <laughs> Vampire, <laughs> it, it has vampires, it has werewolves.
1: But I was gonna does. say. It has
4: beheadings.
1: Yeah, and, and they sell merch at Hot Topic. Therefore, It's horror. terrifying yeah, to think do. about. Just like My Little Pony.
2: <laughs> so just to backtrack a little, uh, Justin, that Are You Scared movie, it came out in 2006, is that correct? Yes. Okay, so according to Google, you can watch it on Tubi, Redbox, Prime, or Freebie.
1: Okay. Probably um, with ads on Tubi and Freebie.
2: Yeah. It's got a 3.1 out of 10 on IMDb, a 17% on Rotten Tomatoes, and a 2.4 out of 5 on Letterboxd.
4: Okay, but we're talking about a horror movie to begin with, and this is one that would be on the more extreme end of horror also. Uh, Yeah. So It it had a
1: uh, sequel, a found footage, weirdly enough, sequel that was absolutely terrible. It was not good at all, but I liked the first one.
2: I'd also trust the Letterboxd reviews a little more than, like, Rotten Tomatoes or IMDb because Letterboxd seems to be more uh generous when it comes to horror movies.
1: All I can say is, like... If you have any love for Saw type movies, give it a watch if it's available to watch on Tubi and all that stuff, even with the ads. Like it's it's worth it just to see the. If you are a fan of the unique depth specific to that character type of story structure for these movies too, like Final Destination or uh, Boogeyman Two. Um, that one sticks in my mind because that one took place in a, uh, mental hospital where everyone died based on their phobias. Mm. So that, that, yeah, that lives rent free in my head. (laughs) You know, I like that level of creativity in my horror movies with the character deaths. So urban legend. Um, yes, urban legend. Exactly. And they actually did two sequels. The first of which was okay, but the third (laughs) one was unnecessary. Yeah. The Bloody Mary one was just whatever. You know. Oh,
2: with the CGI spiders coming out of that girl's face.
1: That is the only scene I really remember or care to remember from that movie, Same. to be honest. Because it's based... Uh, that one is actually based on an urban... They did the rest of them, too. Like They tried to do like the Dogs Can Lick 2 one and all that, but they didn't do them as much justice as the ones in the first movie. That... Did you
2: watch uh, Dead Beats um, episodes on the urban legend kill counts
1: yes i've watched all three of them
2: so you remember in the first one when james was like oh yeah jared leto was in the first one but he now denies that he was ever in it and claims that he's never even heard of the movie <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's a very jared leto thing yeah <laughs> um but yes um I, I would actually even though it is um in the vein of, like, those creative kills-type movies, I would also technically put um, Urban Legend in the slasher genre, because it was, it was one person doing it the whole time.
2: It got know. compared to Scream a lot, which I don't think is really fair. I feel
4: like it's more Final Destination than it is Scream.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Because you could,
4: ar- I mean, you I could, could argue, argue that, that, that it is still summer. one person the entire time in Final Destination and stuff like that, too. It's, I know it's what all you Tony did Todd's last ball. summer
2: also got compared to Scream. That's a, lot, a more fair which, comparison again,
4: because of the time, though.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah That was but, also a slasher revenge. That was a slasher movie, but also a revenge movie. Yeah.
2: I mean, Scream was 96, and Urban Legend, the first one, was
1: 98. Mm. Mm-hmm. I, so I also, that's still around
2: the same time. Yeah. revenge
1: horror horror movies are among some of my favorites. I just wish that all of them didn't have, that the revenge didn't always have to be for, like, sexual assault. Yeah. <laughs> it it makes the opening of those movies hard to watch, but it does make the kills all the more satisfying when they come. mm mm-hmm. um, I'm thinking of Last House on the Left and I Spit on Your Grave in particular. Yeah,
3: those are some uh, pretty, those are some pretty dark ones.
4: Yeah, or Twilight.
3: But... <laughs> Wow.
1: I mean, in a way you're not wrong. You're right. There was uh there was a lot of non consensual stuff in those movies. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
3: there was.
1: <laughs> and people like imprinting on people's newborns yeah. and stuff. Very weird. Oh, Bella, Very it weird. turns out
4: that I didn't love you. I loved your unborn baby. I can't wait until you have birth <laughs> with that baby. Hey, I'll watch that baby anytime, baby. Hey baby. I what's love up, your baby? Uterus.
1: It really is horror when you look at it from that perspective. Yeah. Twilight yeah. is well, like
3: then... the... <laughs> Twilight is like the ultimate, like it's Oh it's it's I thought on the tip of my tongue. It's anti horror. It's, it's 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 um a uh, basically a story of a girl who's trying to decide Whether she wants to go with necrophilia or bestiality.
4: I know what you are. (laughs) A pedophile.
3: Yeah. I mean... Okay,
4: hang on.
1: You may may look my age, but you are, like, centuries older than
3: me. Real real
4: quick, do you guys know the um, My Chemical Romance uh, association with Twilight? Do you know that whole story? No, do you know?
1: I do. N- I, I do not off the top of my so, head, but I can say the only thing I ever really liked about those movies was their soundtrack. So <laughs>
4: this is this is crazy to think about, right? So nine eleven happens, and Gerard Way, the vocalist of My Chemical Romance, experiences that whole situation. Right? He ends up mm-hmm. starting a band to help deal with uh, some of his feelings about that, which ends up being My Chemical Romance. My Chemical Romance ends up inspiring Stephanie Meyer to write the Twilight books, which then inspires uh, someone to write Fifty Shades of Grey. So, if nine eleven hadn't happened, we would never have Fifty Shades of Grey.
3: Oh, okay. <laughs>
1: oh, interesting. <All> right, <laughs> I'm not sure if that's good or bad. It is I just a the
2: Twilight a franchise factual chain As much of as I did. Here, I, still, it's a, <laughs> I still love the Twilight you, franchise as much as I did when I was in middle school, but just in a completely different way now. <laughs>
1: yeah, kind of like uh, Kingdom Hearts. It, when you start looking at the flaws as charms, it hits different. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> like somebody could come up to me and be like, hey, Twilight sucks, and I'll be like, yes, I agree, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: I sometimes I unironically unapologetically enjoy bad things. I can't even lie about that. I I realize some of the things I like are very flawed like Final Fantasy 13. I don't care though. I still like it.
3: Hey, did you ever finish Velma? <laughs> I have not. It's
1: been a, it's been a rough one. Have you ever finished Black Panther? Bro,
3: I got halfway through before I had to come back over to my apartment. I was watching it over at Asher's.
4: Just watch the Barbie movie. They're basically the same.
3: I'm going to... Okay, so I am going to... Uh, Are you saying the Barbie movie
1: is like Black Panther and Velma combined? (laughs) Uh, I
4: don't know about Velma. I haven't watched that, but Black Panther and Barbie have the same overall kind of concept. Uh, I I saw a video that kind of explained the plot in a way that you could be explaining either movie to a T.
1: I am. It's funny because uh, the pitch meetings video for the for the Barbenheimer thing said that Barbie <laughs> and Oppenheimer basically have the same plot.
3: I am I am planning on watching the Barbie movie when it hits Max.
4: It's so good.
3: I I, I can't I, wait to watch it again. I can't wait to see John Cena's cameo because I've I've heard so. I, I've heard... I wish you,
4: I wish you could see it.
3: <laughs> I'm excited to see
1: it. So I will say for me, um, because somehow still on the same question here, I, um, but it ties in with, uh, something Carissa said and something you said, Ryan, the, my early horror memories are, uh, for a while when we actually lived, um, with Carissa's dad, um, at, uh, at, uh, George's house, if you remember, um. We stayed upstairs for a while. We stayed downstairs for a while. When we stayed upstairs, I remember, um, I had to have been 12 around this time because the first Final Destination came out in, like, 2000, and, uh, I was what, I was sneaking peeks of it. I was supposed to be asleep, but I was sneaking peeks of it. I definitely remember, like, the end of the movie where the sign swung into the guy's head and shit like Mm. that, like, you know, um... And I also remember watching her dad play like I would sneak out of my room when we were living in the downstairs part of the building and watch catch glimpses of Resident Evil 2 on the PS1. Um and those were some of my like more early horror memories. Maybe not early ist, but I like some of the earlier I can remember, and then I just kinda like um uh, Just started, like, watching the genre. I think, really, a lot of it, South Park might have played a role, because I watched that when I was too young to be watching it. But (laughs) My uh, dad would take me to work with
2: him. My dad would take me to work with him when he used to work at the Metro Center, and uh, Mm -hmm. pop me into his little office and turn on South Park, because that was the only thing that was on. I right. was like five. <laughs> okay. So I okay. Think, well, I
1: think, and you watched it with me at our great grandmother's house a few times too. Um, yeah. I think, uh, for me personally, a lot of those repeated Kenny deaths were probably kind of what started my, like, interest in the, the more gore side of horror. <laughs> Like, I can't even lie. It was just, but for me, it was, like I said, that's why I like the ones where it's more creative. It's not just, oh, everybody gets stabbed, you know. It's Mm -hmm. the more, like, Final Destination saw other ones like that where it's different and creative for everyone. Um, Yeah. Just so cartoony, literally. Yeah, exactly. And I think it's because, like, the way that they killed Kenny in every episode until they ran out of ways to do it was, like, different every time you know? Like, yeah. it was always some weird over-the-top Looney Tunes type shit, too, you know? mm mm-hmm. um, So, and then eventually they just wrote it into the story that it's, like, a superpower that he has or whatever because his parents conceived him during a Cult of Cthulhu meeting. <laughs> the show is so weird, I love it. <laughs> um, So, uh, so that's where I got my start with the early horror stuff, and, of course, I've been a fan of horror movies, games, TV shows and all that shit. Uh ever since um so so what would you guys say is probably your favorite horror genre? You know, you've got your slashers, you've got your saw types, you've got psychological horror, body horror, creature features, um demon I'd movies, to... like exorcism movies, stuff like that. What what have... what tickles your fancy?
3: I'd have to say paranormal horror is my favorite.
1: So are we talking, like, Poltergeist, um...
3: Yeah, stuff like that. I uh, enjoy, like, the paranormal stuff, because there's, like, an, an entire section, uh, on Max, dedicated to, like, paranormal stuffs. Um, like, one of my favorite shows on there, um... It's got the, one of the, the male host is, uh, Jack Osborne, Ozzy's son, and it's called Portal to Hell, and there's a lot of different episodes. There's actually, a uh, like an hour and a half long special that he had brought his sister Kelly on for. And there was a whole other spin off where Ozzy and Sharon were watching their investigation remotely from home. And Ozzy's um, banter with Sharon back and forth while watching Jack and Kelly was hilarious.
1: Okay. If you asked me a couple years ago what my favorite ghost. Movie was ghost or demon movie in that vein. It would be a hard toss up between the haunting in Connecticut and the first Insidious. At least up until the ending, okay. Um, but now I think I would have to say Talk to Me. It's okay, probably up there.
3: Okay. So you said. Uh, so what's your I'll... favorite
1: movie in this genre?
3: Favorite movie in this genre, I would have. To say that's such a hard choice.
1: <laughs> There's a lot of options.
3: There is. It's Ghost um, Ship, isn't it? <laughs> you know what? The opening, okay. Okay. The opening the of Ghost Ship. I was actually going to mention. But... I was actually going to mention Ghost Ship because Ghost Ship was actually the first horror movie I purchased. Oh. So yes, I will have to say yeah. It, it, yeah. Yeah, Ghost Ship. Ghost Ship is my favorite in the uh, in this in this in, in this genre.
1: There is nostalgia glasses involved in this one. I um and that's yes. okay. But uh I will say the opening of Ghost Ship absolutely slaps for me. That is one of the best horror movie openings yeah, ever. No, that, but then the rest the rest yeah, of it for me goes downhill agreed. after
3: that. <laughs> Just me personally. Ghost, ghost ship and ghost ship and thirteen ghosts.
2: Thirteen ghosts is good. Yeah, I like
1: that one. Yes, yeah. it I was. like that one. That is that is one of the few ones where I actually disagree with Dead Meat. I actually like Thirteen Ghosts. That that, and, but I, I will agree with them that that uh, that bisection kill with the glass walls is probably the best one in the movie.
2: Yes. Uh, Matthew Lillard just makes everything better. Yep. Agreed. Yes, yes. Yes, I he forgot does. he was in
1: Zoinks. I forgot he was uh in the original Scream for a while there. It's just man, it's been so long.
2: How could you forget yeah. that?
1: <laughs> cuz it's just been that long, you know. It's just been so long. Sometimes the cuz when I first watched movies like that, I wasn't as big on the like actor trivia side of things as I am now. Now I can recognize most of those people just by their voices sometimes, you know.
3: But um Everybody thought he was going to come back for the the one for, for Scream Six this year.
1: Oh, yeah! Spoiler alert: He did not. No, yeah, no. They
2: yeah, did give him. Yeah, no, um, no, no they didn't.
1: did give him a voice cameo among many other previous actors in one of the movies, though, where they did a tribute, a fourth wall breaking tribute to a character named Wes in the movie, but also the late director Wes Craven at the same time.
2: Yes. Yes.
1: It's in, so,
2: yeah, that was in five.
1: Yeah, so all of the, the, the voices that yep. you hear in that scene that were like saying to Wes and all that were all previous actors from the previous movies.
2: Dead Meat yeah. also had a cameo yeah. in Scream Five.
1: Yeah, so like um yeah, on on that note, like because we're talking about it anyways, I've always wanted to give a quick shout out to Dead Meat on this show because they are a great not only horror podcast, but they have this series on YouTube called The Kill Count where they basically recap horror movies and they go through all the different depths of the movie, which is the main focus, but they also do, like, a full on, like, pretty well paraphrased recap of the actual movie, like, step by step in a way that you can understand it. Whereas, like, things like Cinema Sins and Pitch Meeting are more disjointed and jump around for the sake of making jokes. The Dead Meat focuses not only on the jokes, but also on making sure you understand from one scene to the next what's going on in the movie, even if you haven't seen it. Um... Yeah. And they're really good about that when it comes to the editing and stuff. The jokes usually hit. They're genuinely funny. Um, and then at the end of every episode, they break down the kills by gender and they have a pie chart and all that. And they give out the golden chainsaw for best kill and the dull machete for the worst kill in the movie. So I, um, I have to recommend them because if there are any horror movies that you, Want to go back and rewatch, but you don't have the time, but you want a refresher before a new one comes out or whatever. They're probably the best mm-hmm. way to do that for the ones they have. Or if there's ones that you've been meaning to watch, but you just don't think you'll ever get to it and you don't care about spoilers, just watching one of their videos for the most part kinda gives you a pretty good idea of everything that happened in the movie. It's almost like you've seen it yourself. Not quite the same, but almost. So,
2: Yeah, we watched uh, all five of the Scream kill counts, the first four being the recounts, right before we went to go see Scream 6, because it was the day before and we did not have time to watch all five movies. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) yeah.
1: Mm -hmm. I mean, in hindsight, you probably could have done that for the Saw movies too.
2: (laughs) Nah. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, his Saw kill counts are like five years old at this point.
1: They are older, they are older, except for the one for Jigsaw. I don't know if they ever did one for Spiral, if they have. I can't remember, but, um... I think but, they did.
4: Yeah, they're they're great. Yes. It's awesome seeing them get even more success, too, since Carissa introduced me to them, because she's been listening to them for forever. Um,
2: I've but... been watching the Kill Counts for years, but I didn't get into the Dead Meat podcast until, like, a year ago.
4: But you, yeah, but you knew you knew about them. And, yeah, uh, I knew who they were. You know, so you introduced me to them a while ago, too, and now seeing them uh, actually getting into horror movies and finding success in, like, uh, yeah. guest starring at conventions and things like that, being in music videos with bands like Ice Nine Kills, their yeah. their whole relationship is awesome to see. They have a like,
1: cameo in one of the Scream movies as a CinemaSins parody channel yep, making yep. fun of the in-universe stab movies. Yeah,
4: and it's great.
2: Yeah, Justin, I know you don't listen to like the heavier type music that Ride and I do, but you should really check out Ice Nine Kills, especially their last two albums, because they're all inspired by horror movies like all the songs yes um, watch
4: the music videos because each music video
2: at least do that
4: each music video not only recreates parts of the songs that they're based off of but there's this whole meta commentary that their vocalist is actually a serial killer and he's imitating all of these other serial killers and there's like a whole court trial that goes on and uh dead meat actually makes appearances in the like original stories being told throughout each music video there's an actual order to watch them so you can get the whole story and it's kind of this just perfect like you know love letter to horror and uh the production quality on everything is just absolutely phenomenal they do not cheap out and they are all really solid actors in addition to all of the songs being really solid you would you would dig them for sure
1: nice Okay, yeah, and I've heard that they made no, their music is... videos. I we have we're, we are de- uh, actually going to dedicate a section here to um, horror-based like bands and stuff like that. Um, but before we get there, same question goes to you guys, real quick. Favorite genre in horror overall, whether it's movies, games, shows, books, whatever—just your horror genre. What do you like?
2: Um, I. I uh, do really like psychological horror, but Mm -hmm. I'll say I probably watch Slashers the most because they're just fun and mindless for the most part. Um, Halloween, the original one, is still my favorite horror movie of all time, but that being said, I think Scream is probably my favorite franchise because there's just not a bad Scream movie.
4: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I would agree with everything that she just said. Um, I, I, I think that the first Scream movie might edge out Halloween for me, but I do like Halloween the most out of the original three kind of big slashers.
2: Out of like, um, Friday the 13th, Nightmare on Elm Street, and then Halloween?
4: Yeah, Halloween is my favorite of the three.
1: Okay. Okay. Um... didn't you say
2: 30 days a night was your favorite horror movie or has that changed by now i think that's changed at this point but that is
4: still my ultimate favorite depiction of vampires there's only one thing that they kind of got wrong with all of that uh being the entering a household without permission part but the overall concept of that movie is that it takes place in an isolated part of Alaska where the sun does not come out for 30 days. And the basically the night before that starts, vampires come in, knock out all communication to the outside world. And then basically it's, it's, you know, the, the small group of townspeople that stayed in town for this 30 days of night versus these just insanely powerful, strong, terrifying vampires. Uh, they do that entire movie so well. The contrast of snow and blood together, too, is just... It's very well done.
1: Okay. Yeah, I've seen that one. I've seen 30 Days of Night. Um, I'm not sure if I put that... Do you put that under creature feature or not? Because when I think... I, I think creature feature, I think more like B-movies where they're all being slaughtered by some big animal, you know?
4: Yeah, I... I this almost feels more like almost like a a predator prey slasher okay the you know the if you think of vampires as a singular unit because that's kind of how they operate uh it almost feels more like a, a slasher you know than it than it is anything else okay you know it's very much a horror survival movie
1: Okay, so I, uh, so for me, psychological horror is definitely up there, and I would even consider some psychological thrillers to be in this vein, stuff like, um, Secret Window and Jacob's Ladder, um, I would consider those, uh, but I'm also a big fan of cosmic horror, like Lovecraftian, existential crisis, fate worse than death kind of stuff, you know, the the kind of shit that keeps you awake at night thinking about it, <laughs> um, that's mm-hmm. why I was such a big fan of Soma because of the whole like everything that it introduced into that. So there are um some movies like that. Um I can't really think of one off the top of my head now that I think about it, but I know that I've seen some horror movies where the characters just end up in a fate worse than death or it's like some kind of like um it kind of it kind of hits you hard. With the with the whole out of body experience thing, um, in mm-hmm. some kind of way, I just I like the I like those ones that get you thinking or that not they're not trying to scare you with jump scares and making you squirm with the gore, but they're planting these seeds in your mind that'll grow into intrusive thoughts later. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. yes, that yes. kind of stuff. Have you seen
2: mm-hmm. Have you seen Annihilation with Natalie Portman? Yes, yeah. Yeah, that's I a good one. Not. Oh, that's a good one.
3: I would also. Is it streaming anywhere? Uh, I think
1: it was on Netflix for a while.
2: I saw it on Hulu not too long ago. I also own it, but um, let me see. Fair, okay.
1: Um, yeah, uh, there's just some like unfortunate fate type scenarios in a lot of those things, and um, th- in my experience though, f- a lot of that particular type of horror, that particular genre, is usually (laughs) better conveyed in video games than it is in movies, just because of the Mm. effect it has on you as a player since you're part of it, you know? Um, It looks
2: like Annihilation is streaming on Netflix and Paramount Plus right now.
3: Okay. Um, Alright, I've got both of those. On the topic
1: of Annihilation and Cosmic Horror, I would also say that kind of... That bear... That leaks into sci-fi horror a little bit, and I have to say, I'm not sure if I would consider it horror, but in the sci-fi genre, Arrival might be one of the best movies I've ever seen. It's definitely a slow burn, but the questions that it brings to the table are definitely worth pondering. It's just a very beautifully filmed, well-done movie um, about aliens and communicating with them. Um, Also, John Carpenter's
2: The Thing is a really good one.
1: Yeah, um, does Um that falls under body horror, though, doesn't it? Which I know you guys aren't a big fan of.
2: Oh, yeah, I'm not a huge fan of, like, body horror, like, more like um, David Cronenberg-type body horror, so mm-hmm. I don't think I can ever sit and watch The Fly, even though I love Jeff Goldblum. Sorry, I just don't think I can do it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I do really enjoy The Thing. I think it's a great horror movie. But, um, yeah, I had to watch, like, Bob's Burgers after oh. <laughs> the first time I watched that movie.
1: <laughs> Fair enough. I, I also think body horror is sometimes translated better in video games, too. And I think when, like, people mutate into giant creatures in Resident Evil games and stuff like that, I would consider that a sci-fi body horror combo. Um... Most likely, because to me, body horror is just when human transform into distorted creature thing, you know, that's, uh, that's what it is for me. So I would, I would definitely say, I guess you could say, even though they're technically zombie movies, um, for the humans that mutate into giant things, the Resident Evil movies do kind of fall in that department a little bit too. I would even argue that zombies are zombies in and of themselves are technically a form of body horror.
4: That is true. I would, I would agree it. with that, but I think that that's a much more palatable <clears throat> variation of it.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's uh, more accessible to a wider audience. Uh, there's a lot of, I mean, horror in general definitely falls in a niche, but then under that genre of horror, there's a bunch of subgenres that are even more niche. <laughs> yep. So, um, actually, um, speaking of, I, I would like to say, I definitely like... I'm going to call them puzzle horror movies, is what I'm going to call them. Uh, stuff like Saw, Escape Room, The Cube, stuff like that, because people are technically solving a puzzle to survive. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what I'm going to call them. I think The Cube is highly underrated in that department. I don't know if any of you have ever seen it, but...
2: I haven't, but it's been on my list.
1: Okay. Yeah, that's a very similar one where a bunch of people wake up in a, basically what is... A, giant cube, and they have to go room to room and avoid these booby traps uh, in order to survive. Um, I liked, to a degree, I liked Escape Room uh, for that same reason. Um, Tournament of Champions could have been a little bit better the second one, but the first one I, I really enjoyed. Um, I think on a first watch I didn't like it as much because I was expecting something more on the level of Saw with the kills and stuff and I thought they were all like pretty simple. But Then on a rewatch, I had to give it a lot of appreciation for its accuracy to how escape rooms actually work, you know, and what people look like going through them looking for clues and stuff. Some things are better on a rewatch, I think, and that was one of those movies for me. But anybody anybody seen Escape Room?
3: Oh, Escape Room was so good. It was so good. Oh, my gosh. Yes. And they have a sequel.
1: Yeah, you liked it. Okay. What about you two?
2: I have not. No, we haven't seen it yet. No?
1: Okay. Um, I think, I think you guys will like that one because I think actually it, you in particular, Ryan, will appreciate the fact that even though the kills are creative, they're not super gory in this movie or anything I like, like that. that. Um, and the focus really is on them trying to solve puzzles. Like it, it works like an actual escape room except failure equals death, you know? <laughs> Yeah. Um, so, it is pretty Is that
2: not how escape rooms work? Yeah.
1: Um, <laughs> well, there are some VR escape room horror game combos that work that way, yes. <laughs> so, um, okay. Uh, yeah. So, I I definitely think, like, you know, cosmic horror, psychological. All that I just like it when a movie is trying more to be uh, you know, show don't tell is a big thing for me in horror movies. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and, um, You know, playing on certain tropes that work when they're just trying to, like, fuck with your mind more than actually, you know, like, jump scares get cheap after a while, but making you uncomfortable is what horror should do. And some good examples of this is there's, like, a scene in the first Insidious movie where the kid insists that there's something in his room, and the camera focuses on this dark corner, and there's nothing there that you know of. You can't see it. You can't see it but just you get this feeling that there might be something there and it makes you very uncomfortable the fact that there could be something there but you can't see it it kind of fucks with you um
4: get out get out is a perfect it granted that's more like that is a, a considered a thriller but yeah, i was uncomfortable that's the a horror. entire yeah. movie i was uncomfortable literally the like entire movie and that's exactly what i want out of a movie like that mm-hmm. i could not Jordan look away Peele himself
2: so even called that a horror movie huh so Jordan Peele himself even called Get Out a horror movie. Okay. It's just like Hollywood trying to pass it off as a thriller.
1: Yeah, yeah, I would, I would consider it. It, it's a it different definitely
2: has kind elements of, of
4: both.
1: It, it's, it's definitely a different kind of horror. Um, and um, the best example of what I'm talking about in recent years I can think of, though, is the 2020 Elizabeth Moss Invisible Man movie. That that
3: one was good. That was so good. You
1: can always tell when he's there, even though you can't see him. You just feel his presence just coming off the screen. It is so well done. Mm -hmm. So well filmed. Just a side
2: note about Elizabeth Moss. So, you know, she's like a Scientologist. Uh, She was born and raised in Scientology. Um, But with her doing things like The Invisible Man and Handmaid's Tale, I wonder if she's uh, trying to cry for help.
1: Oh yeah that's uh that would be unfortunate if it were true. Um but okay so yeah those uh definitely fall among some of my favorites in the the horror movie genres. Um let me ask you then what is to you you it can be either your favorite or what you think is the most iconic horror villain. Um in, in horror history. And there's a lot to work with. I mean, Ooh. we've got Michael Myers, we've got Freddie and Jason, we've got Dracula, we've got Jigsaw, we've got Ghostface. Um you know
4: Ghostface. Yeah, I I think Ghostface is a pretty easy answer for me. Because yeah, with Ghostface
2: go- it's not about a specific person. It's about carrying on the legacy. Yeah.
3: I'd have to agree with that. Ghostface is yeah. That's a
1: good point. Yeah, yeah, I can't I can't. Anybody I and everybody is Ghostface. Yeah.
3: We are Ghostface.
1: Ghostface is legion. <laughs> Yeah, I can...
4: And I am Negan. I can
1: get behind that. I can get behind that. Oh, you know what? I actually just thought of something, and this is probably the worst, best example I could come up with of what is actually a perfect combination for me of body horror and fate worse than death existential crisis shit. There is, in the first season of... I know, I know, just bear with me. In the first season of Rick and Morty, there is an episode where... Uh, A selfish decision by one of the characters basically Cronenbergs their entire universe, and the two main characters just kind of piece off to a different universe and replace dead versions of themselves, leaving that universe to its Cronenbergian fate, where everyone is turned into a horrifying monster, except for a few people who are left to survive in this world where everyone that they've known and loved has turned into a hideous creature. That, to me, that's the kind of, like, fucked up shit that I like in my horror (laughs) you know just that like there is no escape this is either like you either you either live in this new world or you take yourself out early those are your only two options <laughs> and it's just horrifying there's no happy ending there's no hope it's just bleak and despair and that kind of mm-hmm. that kind of <laughs> stuff like to me is where horror really shines because it's like it doesn't get much more evil than that does it you know like no, like yeah, exactly. hopeless endings are. I know they're not everyone's mm-hmm. favorite But if it's done right I think it, it really fits in the genre You know um, Granted sometimes it's not done right Sometimes it feels like a slap in the face Like the end of the Nicolas Cage Wicker Man movie For example which I hated <laughs> <laughs> Or the end of Shutter Island Which I also was not happy with Although I get it was the point of the movie I still didn't like it <laughs> Unfortunately.
2: Yeah. I uh, listen to this horror movie podcast called The Horror Virgin. Um, where basically the whole concept of it is one of the hosts on there does not like horror movies, so every week the other two hosts will make him watch one. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Wow. Um, but the that is all three of the hosts all three of the hosts on that uh podcast, they don't really like nihilistic endings. Um
1: Yeah, nihilistic, that's the way to put it, which is actually very on theme for Rick and Morty, because the entire show is nihilistic.
2: Which I understand not liking nihilistic endings, because their whole reasoning is, um, you know, shitty things happen in life anyway, and I watch movies to try and escape from that. Mm Mm-hmm. So that's totally fair, but I also do kind of like nihilistic endings when they're done right. Yes, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yep, that's that's what I was saying. A nihilistic ending can be good. A, to me, a unhappy ending isn't inherently bad on the on the basis of it being an unhappy ending. I go into every horror movie expecting the good guys to lose, just so if it does happen at the end, I'm not disappointed, because it's horror, you know? It's kind of par the course for everyone to die. But if if it's formulaic, you will probably end up having a final girl or something like that, and they'll defeat the bad guy in the end and you get a happy ending, only for them to turn around and die in the sequel anyways, so
3: I know it's not a hundred percent horror related, but when you when you mention movies or shows with like an unhappy ending, I instantly think of Lemony Snickets the series of unfortunate events. Mm.
1: Well, it's in the title. <laughs> I
3: mean, <laughs> it really is. <laughs> you go
1: into that one kind of an expecting it, you know?
4: I'm so yeah. glad that we got a series that was actually well done because that movie was dog shit.
3: I lo- I liked the movie but I also liked the, the the series. I I like
1: Jim Carrey. That's that's where I'll yeah. begin and end on that part. <laughs> like <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah. Yeah, yeah, Jim Carrey made the movie.
1: Kind of like it's just the fact that they advertised it
4: as one book but they took the first 3 combined it together and then like slapped on a uh a weird ending to it like it it killed the potential that it could have had, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, this, but the yeah, series was it, actually yeah. really well done. This
1: might be a controversial take, but I don't think the new Sonic movies would be as good as they are if it wasn't for Jim Carrey. You know? Oh, agree. I
3: mean, yeah, I,
1: I'm not. I'm not saying yeah. he Jim carried those movies,
3: but um, I <laughs> okay. S- considering I'm picking con- up what you're considering putting. Considering, yeah. I'm just I'm confused as to like how they're going to do the third Sonic movie without him if he's not going to come back and reprise his role as Dr. Robotnik.
1: Shadow the Hedgehog will be the new villain. That's pretty there. easy. Okay. They're following the Sonic yeah. Adventure Sonic Adventure timeline, so it'll be Sonic or it'll be it'll be Shadow and the the whatever the that government agency is called.
3: Gotcha. Okay. That makes so, sense
1: okay so wow okay so ghost face for everybody on that one i can't say i disagree to be honest um
2: i will say a new one that's been making its rounds for iconic horror villains i have not seen either of these movies because i hate clowns mm. and have no Terrifier. interest in watching them Terrifier. But, um, yeah yeah art the clown art he's the, getting yeah. up there i think so, i've yeah. seen
1: the
3: first one
1: I've seen the kill counts and whatnot for them, and other, like, recap videos. The kills in that movie are some of the most over-the-top, gory-ass slasher kills I've ever seen in a movie like that.
3: Terrifier was insane. The first Terrifier was insane.
1: They are
2: Yeah, but I feel like the over-the-top kills are kind of part of its quote-unquote charm.
3: Yeah, Yeah,
1: exactly. You could call it Uh that. You could call it that. Um... Yeah, so um yeah, for me slashers don't always hit just because I I mean they have good stories but then you know there's there's too many of them after that and I I just I want something a little more investing and a little more creative but I do have a lot of respect for the OGs. I mean horror wouldn't be where it is and what it is without them, of course. So, you know, um but I definitely think I mean, I'm more Who can in-
2: forget Freddy Krueger and Nightmare on Elm Street, three Dream Warriors. Welcome to primetime, bitch.
1: Sometimes a good twist can make a good movie too. Um, I don't know if, um, like, has everyone seen the Insidious movies here, or at least the first two? A I've
3: long seen time one. ago, I've seen all of them up to the Red Door. Okay, I have not so seen I I've think... Do- not seen the re- I have not seen the the most recent one.
1: The twist in the second insidious movie is actually one of my favorites where he's in the other side uh, throughout the movie but then it mm-hmm. shows that the events that happened near the end of the first movie were directly influenced by the version of him that was in the um in the paranormal realm in the things that okay. he was doing over there. I thought that was just an interesting way to tie the two movies together. Um Yeah. I do, I enjoy stuff like that. I enjoy when they get creative. Most of the Saw movies have a decent twist at the end. Some of them yeah. are stupid, or some of them are stupid. Some of them are, like, predictable. Like, the fifth one, you saw that coming a mile away. Um mm-hmm. But, like, the six, I would say the sixth one, the ending of the sixth one, is on par with the ending of the first one. When you find out which person is actually that guy's family and who he is, and then the the acid needles on top of it might be one of the most gnarly kills in the whole franchise.
3: Yeah, bro, um, I remember watching the first Insidious movie with you, and then I vowed never to watch it again. And then I ended up going to see the second one in the, in the theaters with you guys.
1: Yeah, you weren't as desensitized to horror back then. Uh, that was I that really was a wasn't.
3: I you, liked it. You until desensitized the me to horror. A, yeah, yeah. You <laughs> you desensitize me to horror a lot. I, have, I like I have that movie that. up
1: until the end. At the end of that movie, it becomes like an action chase. It's like a chase thing. Um, yeah, yeah. I have to agree with know. that. See, that was my problem with like the first Outlast game versus Outlast Two. The first Outlast, well, it has a lot of chase scenes. It is mostly focused on making you as uncomfortable as humanly possible in a psychological sense the the first one like um the developers even said in the first game they went out to break your mind. In the second game they went out to break your spirit. And that's true because we're the first game has the, you know, you're going through dark corridors. You don't know when the next ooga booga might happen. You're all tense <laughs> and the atmosphere ooga-booga. and the green camera filter. And you got to, you know, take care of the batteries because you don't want to be left in the dark because that's when bad things happen. You know, you got resource management in the second game, you're just running from everything all the goddamn time. There's hardly any stealth. It's mostly just run. It's mostly just... Something roars at you and you run from it constantly and it genuinely pissed me off after a while. And I think that was kind of what they set out to do because it did. It broke me. There. In If you go back and watch my Let's Play, there are parts where I'm genuinely screaming at that game. Not out of fear, but out of genuine frustration and exhaustion. That game exhausted me. I felt like I did like a fucking 17 mile run after playing that shit
2: (laughs) oh yeah i remember your let's plays
1: yeah that Mm -hmm. that game almost physically hurt to play and i'm not saying that it's a bad game i'm just saying that the way that it affected me personally it, it was it was almost too much and a lot of people say the first one is too much but for me the second one was too much it just didn't hit the same vibes in the right way and I'm not even gonna tr- t- touch Outlast Trials because it's um like a, if you want the true ending you have to do like the difficult challenges and it's like multiplayer focused and I don't care, <laughs> but <laughs> um but I have watched a explanation of the story for it. So, um,
2: has everyone here seen Midsummer? Yes,
3: I have not seen Midsummer. Ooh, you
4: have the chance because they they just announced that they're putting the director's cut out into
3: theaters. Soon. Oh, so really,
1: Nick, Nick? You know how you liked Hereditary?
3: Yeah, Hereditary was good, but it was also very cringe.
1: It's it's so <laughs> I can the here's the best way to put this: A twenty four horror movies for the most part, and especially Hereditary and Midsummer because they have the same director. That's why I bring it up. They have okay. this not necessarily found footage feel, but they have this like down to earth kind of feel to them, where all the characters in their movies feel like real people rather than, like, actors. Like, in a lot of slasher movies, you have everybody's, like, a caricature, you know, they all fit, like, a trope, and you can kind of yeah. pick out who's gonna die, like, immediately. Like, you mm-hmm. know, like, the kind of shit Until Dawn was making fun of, you know?
3: Yes, 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 um, yes. So, love that but, game.
1: It, I guess, uh, the word I heard for it on Dead Meat is, like, glossy teen horror, um, but A24 horror movies have more of a, um, down to earth kind of gritty vibe to them so that everyone feels like a real person. So that family, yeah. the family drama in that movie feels real and it makes it uncomfortable to watch and that is definitely 100% intentional. Granted, that movie falls under demon possession. It, that's, that's basically like the whole, the whole plot of the movie is someone okay. be, being conditioned to be a vessel for a demon. But, Within that, the whole thing is a metaphor for mental health, and that's why it's so uncomfortable to watch because – and because the acting is so good that, that the emotions feel real too you know yeah yeah and it's just something about the way Ty West directs stuff so I actually put Hereditary and Midsummer on the same level because they both feel that way to me they both gave me the same feelings watching them very that makes sense this feels less like I'm watching a movie and more like I'm watching like somebody's phone footage of what happened you know right (laughs) you know
2: okay well question for those who have seen Midsummer, and uh I don't this won't be a spoiler because we don't have to go into detail about it and it's just a matter of opinion anyway but um do you think our character got a happy ending
1: for her yes the final girl got a happy ending um for her you, you really can't answer that without spoilers if you want to give it the right answer you know
2: and like i said it could just be a yes or no question i i but... think yeah
1: There are details, there are a lot of details that lead up to why I think yes, like, just, like, foreshadowing and other stuff in the movie. Um, I will say in... And her mental state by that point of the movie.
2: In the universe of the movie itself, yes, but in reality, like, if something like this were to happen in real life, absolutely not. No, absolutely
1: not. (laughs) Cult's bad. Cult, not good. But, yeah, for for the the point the movie was trying to convey, technically, yes... (laughs) technically. But that's one of those like that I kind of that's why I like it though cuz that's one of those ambiguous, you know, did they win or did they not? It's kind of both really endings,
2: you no, know. It's they, very nuanced.
1: Yeah, it's a nuance, that's what that's the word. It's nuanced. It's very yeah, that it in the in the area of black and white it falls in the gray and I do I do appreciate that um, about it. Also it also
2: just shows how easily like Anyone can fall into a cult like nobody is too smart to join a cult.
1: And um so, yeah, on the subject of uh, A24 horror movies, like I said, um I talked about it a little bit in the last episode, but yeah, I think you guys will like talk to me when you finally see that one the best thing i can say about it is that much like hereditary is a metaphor for mental health and x is okay. a x is a metaphor for the x factor it's literally in the title of the movie um and just like society's like views towards sex and shit
3: uh, yeah um th-
2: i mean the babadook is a metaphor for grief but you remember yeah. watching that one <laughs> yes
3: babadook
1: but. So I feel like I Tom, need to give
2: that one another chance, though, because yeah. a lot of like the horror movie podcasts I listen to do really enjoy that one, and I feel like I was maybe unfair on it. But we were also uh, I just yeah. think it's funny. not in a good state of mind to be watching that one. <laughs>
1: yeah, that one had some unintentionally funny moments, but it did. <laughs> <say is, laughs> Talk to me is a metaphor for drug use, where where instead of being addicted to drugs and alcohol, people become addicted to communicating with the dead, and it. It's very interesting how they frame it in the movie, you know. There's like a montage scene that's very similar to what you would see in a party movie, where they're getting drunk and dr- and all that. But instead, it's a montage of everybody taking their turn at doing the ghost game, you know. And they're like almost legitimately getting high off of it. They're enjoying it. It is a very interesting take on the whole ghost genre, and I think you guys will really enjoy it when you finally watch it. Okay. Um, yeah, that's but that's just the first half of the movie There's a tonal whiplash halfway through And you'll know it when you see it And it it's it's where the the more emotional parts And the realness of the character's acting Starts to shine through Also, this one takes place in Australia
3: Okay Yeah, some real say, good kind of acting in
2: this one that, I'm kind of glad that we're stepping away From trauma porn horror movies for a little bit And just kind of getting more on hinge things Like Megan this is the oh, Megan, thing. Was, Megan so was
3: so yes. yes it was I loved every minute of it
4: I can't that's, wait for the sequel
1: that's the I know thing. that's the only other thing I want to say about talk to me is that the the violence and gore in this movie is very scarce so when it does happen it is immediately shocking it, it's more effective when it does happen because of how sparse sparse it is in the movie mm-hmm. um It's very, it's very effective, um, especially for what it means for the story. So, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, very well done movie. I, um, I, I, I can't remember who the director for this one was, but I think it's a, it's a returner from one of A24's er earlier movies, because they all have different directors. Um, Ty West did X and Pearl and is also going to do Maxine, I believe. And on that, on that same note, talk to me. I recently found out, was much like X and Pearl secretly filmed with a prequel side by side that'll be coming out next year. This movie is filmed like a regular movie and they do some really cool stuff with the camera in it actually, some really interesting camera tricks that I really appreciated from a cinematography standpoint. But okay. they um but the prequel movie is going to be about the guy who had the ghost the hand before them and it's going to be done in a not necessarily found footage, but what they're calling screen lifestyle, where the whole thing is done through the cameras of phones and webcams and shit like that, like Unfriended. Yeah, was. Um, did
2: you know Ty West was one of the characters in the movie Your Next? Was he?
1: he? I, did, I did not. That's a, that's one I really like. All the gore aside, he
2: is the first kill. Not the neighbors at the cold opening, but when they're all at the dinner table and he's looking out the window, he's the one wearing a scarf and gets the arrow through his head. Okay. 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 That's Ty West.
1: That was actually a good... I really like your Next because that one was a very good genre subversion movie where the final girl can actually hold her own throughout the whole movie and kind of flips the script on the killers. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, oh, yeah. Like well, no, they, this is... they end up being scared of her, you know? <laughs>
3: This is probably a really shitty comparison, but I kind of, like, compare Your Next to, like, The Purge.
1: I can see why, because of the masks and stuff. You know what I think it's actually more in line with is Ready or Not.
4: I was just going to bring that up. I think that is one of those movies where it's an example of a twist that completely makes the movie. You yes. you will never see the actual ending of that movie coming, and it is all the better for it. It is phenomenal. I
3: don't, I don't yes. think I've seen that one. Do yourself yet. a you favor. That needs, watch that, that, one.
4: Needs, that needs that needs to be high up on your list. That movie is phenomenal. It, Ready or not? Ready or not?
1: Re-Ready Ready or, or not. not? It
4: came out in 2019.
1: Yep. 2019. Yep. Okay. I'll have, to, I'll have to check it out. Your basic setup for that one is that a bride is uh, coming into a family where they have to play a game in order for the in order for them to be become a member of the family it's tradition and she pulls the ready or not card which is the bad one because they have to play hide and seek but it's a killing game so she has to hide from her she has to hide from her in laws as they're trying to kill her in this movie it's loosely it's it's mostly horror but also some parts comedy okay
3: is this streaming anywhere you can watch it on hulu hulu okay
1: yeah, it's probably honestly one of the better like, uh, you know. Obviously, I can't. Yeah, I agree with Ryan on the twist, but also just like the vi- like the actual ending, like the very last line in the movie might be one of the best mic drop yeah. lines in horror movie history. <laughs> yep, yep. It's I so would put good. it up there. I would put it up there with the ending of Knives Out, actually.
4: Oh, that movie is incredible too.
1: Yeah, not a horror movie, but also a really good one with a very almost. Not similar, but kind of similar setup, you yep. know, the out- outsider versus the family, <laughs> you know. Um, but also on the on the Killing Games note, um, let's talk about the Killing Game genre, a.k.a. Battle Royale. The one that started off was the Japanese horror movie Battle Royale, but we've had things in that vein, like Hunger Games and stuff since, but we've also had horror-themed stuff in that vein, like Squid Game, Death Race, um, The Belko Experiment, which could have been better, in my opinion. Yeah. yeah. Um, Before
3: we get into that, Sarah had just messaged me, and she wanted to uh, mention the movie Split about the 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 split personality mm-hmm. with uh, with mm-hmm. James McAvoy. Yeah, the
2: Chameleon one. Yeah,
1: nah. Ding Dong has a. Uh, you know, there are two kinds of. M. Night Shyamalan movies, good and bad. There is no in-between. There is no in-between with him. I Um, will
2: say his show Servant on Apple TV. Yes, with uh, Rupert
3: Grint. Yes.
2: That one was a good one. I have mixed feelings about how it ended, but overall I'd say it's worth watching. Agreed.
3: I've started to watch it. I have not watched it in a while. I need to get back on it.
1: I have not yet gotten into it, but I will say Split it's definitely one of my favorite James McAvoy performances. He is yes. very, very good in that movie, and um, the ending, the, the ending twist, I didn't get because I hadn't seen Unbreakable, but it made me want to go watch Unbreakable.
3: I did yeah. a, I, I actually did a, uh, a marathon Unbreakable, Split, and, and Glass. Glass. Okay. When I was working, yeah. when I was doing over the overnight security gig in Waukegan,
1: Glass is the only one I haven't seen yet still on the list oh
3: my gosh all three of them together collectively amazing movies
1: but um back to the killing game thing and i guess we could include the the new peacock twisted metal show on this too because it's about to turn into that in the second season you're Um, not wrong (laughs) so what what, you know um did you guys have any favorites in the killing game genre i know battle royale the original is probably considered the best in this in this group
4: i i really liked squid game i thought that was well done i enjoyed the plot twists in it um there is that other one that we started watching carissa do you remember uh is it alice in borderland
1: i've heard of that oh yeah uh
4: we've we watched the first season the second season of that drop now we just haven't watched it yet but that one is kind of a similar concept of people basically just getting thrown into like you know, death game, survival of the fittest, you know, almost, like, Battle Royale style, but, like,
2: city-wide. Okay. Yeah. A movie that I really like that kind of falls into this genre is uh, Mayhem with Steven Young and Samara Weaving. Ooh. I know it's not... I was gonna ask
1: you about that. Doesn't that also fall under, um, influencer horror? Like, the... The streamer stuff, like, um... What was that other one you were just telling me about?
2: Deadstream. Uh,
1: Deadstream, yeah. Doesn't it fall in that category? Or, like, Nerve and stuff like that?
2: Nerve was good. Um, Mayhem doesn't really... Yeah, um, not so much. Okay. It's about a bunch of people who work in this, like, corporate building, and then everyone gets infected with a virus that basically turns you into just a raging asshole. (laughs)
1: Oh, I have heard of this. It, like, removes your inhibitions or something.
2: Yeah, it's on... We watched it on Shudder, I think. Okay. Okay.
4: There's there's one that I wanted to bring up. Uh, It's actually an anime, but I thought that it was really well done, Uh, depending on whether you're trying to use the Japanese name or the English name, uh, Mirai Nikki or Future Diary.
2: Oh, yeah, that one's really good. Um,
4: It's all about this group of, like, I think it's, like, eight or ten people or something like that, and they... Uh, all get this cell phone and they all have like a certain kind of special power that they can use um, for it. But they basically that they'll get a text saying like it's their turn to die and they have to survive the attack that's that they now know is coming their way, but they're not sure who is coming after them or how it's going to play out or things like that. Uh, I, I watched it. It's been a while since I watched it, but that one was really well done.
1: Okay. Yeah, the the Belko experiment I liked, but was a little disappointed in just because, like, the premise made it seem like they were going to be a little more creative and try to find ways to kill each other off with what they could find laying around the office, and instead most people in that just end up dying by the guns or the exploding collars. And They
2: also set up somebody to be the final girl, and then she gets killed, which I don't normally have a problem with, it's just oh yeah, they the, did the execution dirty. of it was really stupid. Yeah, it was really poorly done. She uh, made
1: a out of character choice, yeah. Uh, yeah, that that led to that, and it was just such an instant and un- anticlimactic death.
4: Yeah, um, I, I'll say that the, uh, in terms of like the Belco experiment, I expected more out of it. I felt that way about the first Purge movie. I left leave it. I left that movie, and I was yeah. like, eh, I mean, it was okay, but it wasn't what I thought it would be. Then they started coming out with more, and they did a really good job with that. I think that the Purge is kind of one of those a uh, series that just gets better the more they do.
1: Which is a rare case, because usually it's the opposite. Yep. And that is um, that is a good one for that. Or in the case of some movies like Saw and Final Destination, the quality jumps around. Good, bad, good, bad, okay, bad, good. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, I will say the
2: first Purge movie, like, the first movie, The Purge, because there is a movie called The First Purge, mm-hmm. which is just confusing. <laughs> The first movie is better on a rewatch when you know what to expect. Yeah. yeah.
1: The first one is what I would call a home invasion movie, so I would put it up there with like the the strangers or um Yeah. stuff like that or like even like I guess your next would be technically a home invasion movie. That's what I would put that one under. Whereas Kinda. um uh, the like other that, yeah. purge movies are more of like a I don't even know what to call them survival horror. Uh you know, because you're, you're f- because it, they open up into like the whole city, and then the whole nation, and then the whole world. You know, one of them takes place in Mexico.
3: I think mm-hmm. the forever, yeah, think the so. forever purge. Yeah, yeah, the forever so. purge.
2: That one takes place in Texas, and then they're trying to get to Mexico.
3: Okay. Oh yeah. yeah, that that makes sense. Yeah.
1: And the purge movies are always really on point with whatever's going on politically at the time they come out as well. Has yeah. always been a big thing that they've done too. Um I appreciate them for that. I was also thinking in the terms of the killing games type stuff. I'm not sure if these fall under that or if they fall under like puzzle horror, but there is a movie called um Would You Rather um where a bunch of people who are down on their luck uh, money wise get invited to a fancy dinner by a rich bureaucrat type guy and he forces them to torture themselves and or others in order to earn some money and the things that he makes them do it starts off simple like would you rather shock yourself or shock the person next to you but then it becomes some really over the top stuff like you know would you rather take five lashings from the whip or take a razor blade to your eye that kind of shit Mm. And, um, as people start dropping off, it becomes a case of who's going to be the, 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 final girl type situation in this one. It's, it's really good. It's actually got, um, the rich guy's kid is played by Robin Taylor Lord, who was Penguin in Gotham. Okay. Um, and he is a, just as much of a Weasley little snobby smarmy. You want to punch him so bad character in this movie. Um, so yeah, it is definitely worth watching, and um, I can't remember who the main actress... Oh, Brittany Snow, I think, is actually the main actress in this. Okay. If I remember there's, correctly. There's another
2: uh, movie I loved kind her in of... X.
3: <laughs> Go ahead. There's another movie uh, kind of like this. I watched it on Netflix a while ago. It's called Truth or Dare.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
3: yeah. Yep, Truth it falls or Dare under the same category. With uh, Lucy Hale... Uh, with the weird ass smiles yes (laughs) there was Uh, a harmless game of truth or dare among friends turns deadly when someone or something begins to punish those who tell a lie or refuse the dare
1: that one kinda reminds me of unfriended in a way
3: it's so good but it's not streaming anywhere.
1: Right. Or like uh Wolf Creek is actually like a no, not Wolf Creek. Cry Wolf, Cry Wolf. That's the one Cry I'm Wolf? thinking of. Okay, yeah, that Wolf was a, Creek
2: is a completely different kind <laughs> of movie. <laughs> yes,
1: it is. Um, which was was that the one mean. with a young with a young Kristen Stewart in it? And there was like Twilight. Uh, it was kind <laughs> of a. I'm thinking of this Chris one that takes Stuart place was
2: only in Twilight.
1: <laughs> I think there's this one that takes place in a mansion and they're being like hunted or terrorized by somebody. I think the dad is played by Dennis Quaid. Maybe. Wait. I remember. A, I remember a scene with a bunch of snakes coming out of the walls and shit.
3: Crywolf Wolf has Jared Padalecki movie?
1: in it. Uh, Wolf Creek or Wolf Creek Manor or some shit like that. I've not well,
2: seen... Wolf Creek is an Australian horror movie which is based off of a real life serial killer. Yes,
1: okay that that one is the one with the Australia. Okay, so I can't remember the the name of the movie I'm thinking of, but I do think it's similar. I think it's like Wolf Creek Manor or some shit like that.
4: There's okay. Or...
3: I'm looking at the page on IMDb for Cry Wolf, and I had to look. I went scrolled down to look at the cast list, and it has. I, I noticed it had Jared Padalecki in it. Cold Creek Manor. That's the
1: one I'm thinking of. It's called Cold Creek Manor.
4: So there was a and yes. Uh,
1: Jared Padalecki was in Cry Wolf. That was another slasher movie that was like a like it had like a twist mystery about who the killer was. Type. Of you remember deal. Jared? Padalaki was Padalecki based
2: in a uh, Chain Man. Was it House of Wax? Yes. Yes, the, yes, House, of remake, the yes. House of
3: Wax remake. The House of Wax remake. He was also he got done dirty in that. He was also in the Friday the Thirteenth. Uh, killer Cut. Yeah. Oh, the oh. Friday the thirteenth remake. Yeah, the remake. The remake, yeah. I remember that. And then yeah. Jensen Apples the... was in
2: the My Bloody Valentine remake, which yes. came out like I think the same year. Sure. You did. had something on the, on the killing
1: game note. On the killing game note, Ryan. It was
4: actually on um Home Invasion. I didn't wanna oh, okay. I didn't wanna forget to bring this up because I think that I don't see enough discussion on this movie. Um uh, funny Games.
1: Oh yeah. oh yeah! I think that, that the the
4: main character of Funny Games needs to play the Joker at some point because he would do that absolutely perfectly.
1: Yeah, those two brothers are really messed up in that movie. That movie is, is so
4: incredibly well done, though.
2: Yes, it
1: is, and even that movie like...
2: was also a shot-for-shot shot remake of the original one. It's just the original one is in like Swedish or something. Yeah. Yeah, and it is. So it doesn't matter which one you watch. Really. Some
1: very interesting fourth wall stuff in that movie too.
4: Yeah, but um, I didn't. I didn't want to forget to bring that one up because that movie that movie left an impression on me for sure.
1: It's considered up there among like some of the harder to watch horror movies or some of the like most messed up ones. Yeah, I don't yeah, know that I'd watch a it again. But once never again. <laughs> yeah, I don't know that I'd watch
4: it again. But it was really really That's... good.
1: That's how I feel about Hereditary. As much as I like that one, it's just it's too hard to watch more than once because it's yeah. such a difficult. It's 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 too hard to watch those characters suffer the way they do. Yeah, yeah it really <laughs> you know, is. It's very upsetting. Yes. Um, they you know, like, they,
4: they it's, did it's, a great job good. with the advertising for that though.
1: Yeah, they really yeah, did. And I, what what I'm saying is not by any means a knock against the movie. By the way, if anything, it's a compliment. It's just you know. That is a, that takes you to an emotionally dark place. That movie does. Well, the the
4: entire trailer makes you think that a certain character is the main character, and that character dies very quickly.
1: Yes, yes yeah, there's that too, and that's probably one of the most memorable deaths. If it's the one I'm thinking of in horror in recent horror movies, too. Yeah, the mm-hmm. telephone pole scene. Yep. And, yep.
3: Um, I feel oh, like this yeah. could be
2: a good segue into. Uh what's everyone's uh watched once never again horror movies
1: yeah not I mean,
2: necessarily yeah. because they're bad but just like they made you so uncomfortable you just don't want to sit through that again
3: though okay so i'd have to say for me that would have to be the grudge because the death rattle is it, it's cringe and it freaks me the fuck out <laughs> every time
1: yeah That's that her. is a that is a very unsettling noise yeah, but Japanese, I, uh... Japanese horror ain't nothing to fuck with. Yeah, exactly!
3: And
1: believe it or not, the original Japanese version of said movie is even scarier.
3: I want nothing to do with it. <laughs> <laughs> the, same,
1: the same goes for The Ring. Um, Ringu. The Ring
3: was good.
1: And um, I forget the name of it, but there's this one about this girl who's a photographer um that has this ghost chasing her and i saw it oh, a long time ago about. i distinctly remember one scene where she's using the camera flash to see where the ghost is in the room because the lights are out and it's the freakiest scenes i've ever seen because i i'm one of those people that like was that I, shutter it it might be shutter s h u t t e r yeah
4: yeah from the executive producers of the grudge and the ring came out in
1: 2008 okay yep i oh, yep that would be the one i remember that i remember that
3: things Rings? Yeah.
1: There is another, ring. Re- yeah, there was a new Ring movie, too, called Rings, that, um, that one, they, uh, they made the video viral, so everyone in the world
3: saw it.
4: <laughs> yeah,
3: they sure did.
4: Huh, uh, so, hang on, something, there's one thing that says, t- there's a, a Shutter that came out in 2008, but there's a different Shutter that came out in 2004, possibly? So, I, I'm not sure. Shudder. Because IMDb has shutter listed as 2008, Wikipedia has shutter listed as 2004. I'm not sure.
1: Yeah, we, one of those might be the original and the other one the American remake. Oh,
4: yeah, that that would make sense. Okay. Yeah. I was like, the plots seem like they're the same. I'm not sure what's going on here. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's probably um, that.
1: There's a large portion of horror movie remakes that were originally in other language, like The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, um, is a, a big one, I would say, and, um, I mean, oh yeah, I did have one more thing that I think about it in the, the killing slash puzzle game section. There was an underground horror movie, I talked about it in my Hidden Gems episode a while back, I think, um, or maybe it was something, but um, it was called The Final... Uh, where a bunch of, like, nerds that get bullied and everything trick the all the popular kids into what they think they're going to is, like, a raging Halloween party, and they end up all being, like, victims of these, these kids that have poisoned and kidnapped them, and they all wake up, like, chained to the floor and stuff, and they force them to do torturous things to each other to survive as sort of like a... it's a revenge-slash-killing-game... Slash puzzle horror movie. And okay. And it was one of those, like, underground After Dark horror movies. You know, it was, like, uh, published by After Dark Pictures. So, mm-hmm. um, it might be hard to find a good copy of it, but it's... I, I definitely recommend it if you've never seen it. It was... Um, I consider it a, an underrated one. of it. It's like a horror version of Revenge of the Nerds, quite honestly. Okay. Is what I would put it under. Um yeah it's one of those horror movies too where there's not really many characters worth sympathizing with because like the bullies were bullies in the beginning but the nerds are also torturing them so there's like there's no good guy to root for it's one of those ones you just kind of like sit back and enjoy it and kind of just see where it goes you know
4: yeah
1: um okay but, yeah, so on that subject of remakes, uh, good ones, bad ones, uh, what are you, you know, horror movie remakes that you really like, and what are ones that you think are really terrible?
3: I really enjoyed the remake of Carrie. The Chloe the Grace 2013... Moretz one? Yes, the 2013 Carrie, yes. Mm-hmm, me too. I like that one.
4: Uh, I, like how the they, it... I
3: like how they modernized it. Too. Both of the
1: It movies. Yes. Yep. Uh huh. A hundred percent. Bill Skarsgård on point.
3: Yep. I fell asleep watching the first one and didn't make it to the second one. <laughs> the fact uh, that Carissa go actually
4: back. was willing to watch those with me only once. Yeah. She's only watched them once. She will. I've tried to get her to watch them with me again, and she won't. But nope. That I'll I think that speaks volumes to how good those. they are. Yeah. I'll well, I have guess to go
3: back and watch both the It
1: movies. I guess that's Carissa's answer, by the way, for the ones you won't go back to, horror (laughs) movies-wise.
3: Oh, I
2: have several of those. (laughs)
3: Bom movies in general?
2: Like, uh, Speak No Evil, which came out last year. Um, Funny Games, Eden Lake. Mother. (laughs) Yeah, I have several of those movies.
1: Okay, yeah, I've heard Mother is a difficult watch, um... Oh yeah. It's on my list but like I feel like I have to be in the right mindset for it. It's going to be one of those like hereditary style ones where it's like upsetting because I can especially we've for recently introverts. watched
2: Another one we recently watched which would go on this list is uh Bo Is Afraid.
1: Okay.
4: Mm, yeah.
2: I didn't hate it but it was a movie. Okay.
1: <laughs> oh, so just not worth watching again. Nothing about it that makes you like, "Oh, I can't sit through that more than once." I've heard this a lot about the, like, I've heard, even people who do, like, a rewatch of the Saw movies will often skip through the the, the Twisting Crucifix in the third one. Oh,
4: be- that's, like, one yeah. of my favorite
3: traps. Just because it's so hard to watch.
4: Yeah, it's really hard. I, honestly, I didn't pay much attention during the actual uh, traps for a lot of the rewatch.
1: That may, I mean, that's fair. It, that's you the fell other asleep
2: thing. on a rewatch of
1: seven. <laughs> <laughs> that does not bode well for seven. Um, <laughs> I think he was just tired. <laughs> yeah, I,
4: I mean, was exhausted.
1: I, I still to this day don't understand why that garage trap with uh, Chester Bennington and the rest of them was banned from the previous movies. Like it, it doesn't didn't really feel that much more over the top than anything else they had done up to that point. So no, I don't know why they kept telling him it was too much. Really wasn't. Unless it was before that and they had to tone it down to put it in the movie, but. Right. But either way.
3: You know, you know, kind of like how they, uh, they they had, they they had to, uh, apparently had to keep pushing back South Park, the Stick of Truth. Yeah. (laughs) I. Tone it um, down before it can be released. So,
1: there are quite a few horror movie remakes I like and a few I don't. I do really like, um,. The Last House on the Left remake, particularly yes. for the garbage disposal yep. scene in particular, mm-hmm. yes. uh, but also that microwave one of those, at the end. That's one of those revenge movies where you're rooting for the protagonist the whole time because the parents are getting revenge on the assaulters.
3: And um, I, I know I brought it up earlier, but the uh, the Rob Zombie Halloween remakes were I, were, 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 I
2: think we're decent.
1: Okay. Um...
2: Yeah, and um, Evil Dead remake was good. Yeah, the 20 um, the 13.
1: 2013 one. Have you seen Evil Dead Rise, the one that takes place in the apartment building?
3: I I have
2: Ryan hasn't.
3: I started to watch it Friday night, but because I had some personal things going on and I got stuck in my head, I needed a comedy, so I turned on the new Jennifer Lawrence movie, uh, No Hard Feelings.
1: Okay.
2: I don't think Ryan's seen any of the Evil Dead movies. Come to think of it, I have not. Uh, yeah. Okay. I
3: got. I made it. Ha- I made it halfway through Evil Dead Rise before I turned it off.
1: They are. I. I it was good say, from what I saw. Yeah, they're kind of tongue-in-cheek yeah. movies. They're they're very self-aware. Um, yeah. And obviously, like I mean, Ash vs. Evil Dead was basically a comedy, but
2: the 2013 one is just really mean. And I feel like yeah. Evil Dead Rise is kind of a combination of being mean but still like being humorous like the original Evil Dead. Yeah, and Evil mm-hmm. Dead Rise has
1: a lot of interesting callbacks too, which is kinda nice, you know, for fans of the original. But yeah, Evil the 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 remake is also broke a record for the most fake blood ever used in a horror movie, too. Yep. For that rain scene. So um yeah, there are some um there are some rough watches. I feel like every movie that takes place in a cabin, like *Evil Dead* and *Cabin Fever*, always ends up ends up with like a really difficult to watch scene of someone flaying themselves alive.
2: <laughs> the leg shaving scene in *Cabin Fever*. Oh god! <laughs> An yeah, early Eli Roth work,
1: and he just went on to be more and more gross. You can tell him and Quentin Tarantino are friends. Because they both—they right. both love blood in their movies. They love the over-the-top uh-huh. gore. And then Eli Roth did Hostel and Green Inferno, which was his tribute oh to um, Green Inferno. Was his tribute to that Cannibal Holocaust movie.
3: The the Hostel yeah. movies were fucking brutal.
1: Yeah, yeah. Put the um, I guess put Hostel two on the list of movies that I liked but never want to sit through again. <laughs>
3: Okay, there was one part in the second Hostel film that had me, like... Because that that was the first Hostel movie that I actually sat down and watched. Because I was... I went to a Halloween party in high school dressed as Michael Myers. And the host of the party put on the second um, Hostel film. And the one part... You can probably cut this part out if this is too graphic but you're talking about the say, bathtub part right i think we're all No I'm talk- talking about no? I'm talking about the part where dude dude had his penis severed off
1: Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, I don't censor this show, so you're fine. That was actually okay. one of the better parts of the movie when she cut that guy's dong off and fed it to the dogs and then <laughs> let him bleed out. That was some final girl vengeance that I worked, that I loved. Cause that my, was my biggest issue shit. with the second movie is that the guy who survives the first, first one dies almost immediately. But.
3: Okay. They
1: give a happier ending to the protagonist of the second one, which made, which I was okay for. And then the third one is just dumb. The only good thing about the third movie is the scene where mm-hmm. they cut, they cut that guy's face off Fully still alive that oh my is... god
3: that was insane but the, the rest part of that it really got stupid. me in the, the one that the one part that really got me in the first one at the very end was when dude cut dudes like achilles heel uh from under the bathroom stall no oh, that's
1: actually very you're you're mixing two scenes together the the guy gets his achilles tendon split as one of the 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 torture methods early in the movie um that's okay. one of his friends who later gets killed. The the survivor ends up cutting off this guy's hand that he sticks under the stall because he beats him with the uh, with the card, and then uh, and okay. then he, it's just because he's, yeah. it he's one I, of the hunters. I've seen it then because he's one of the hunters and he kills him. But that's that's that one of those goes... like, um technically, that's a killing game. I think because like the whole point of hostile is that these re- rich elite people are paying to have people kidnapped so that they can torture them. And it's like yeah. not—it's not unlike the setup for the escape room movies where they—they they pay to have people, you know. Um, but they're not kidnapped; these people willingly go to the escape room. But it's just like, it, yeah, it's—it's—it's it's, it's a similar setup, you know, where I'd the the people behind it are a bunch of evil rich guys.
3: <laughs> that any of the hostile movies would have to go under the list of movies that I have no interest in watching again because I—I—I—I I, I, I cringe way too fucking hard while watching the torture scenes. I just, I, 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 ugh, I tense up. It It's, it's no, I'm good.
1: <laughs> so, uh, Carissa, I know you have um, a take on one of the worst Aura remakes.
2: Nightmare on Elm Street.
1: Yeah, that was the one you didn't like, right?
3: How did I know nope. this was going to be talked about? Okay, yep, yeah, I'll have to agree with that. Not that, like,
1: maybe seven episodes ago, you said you liked that movie.
3: So, okay, so I I did like it, but at the same time, I didn't. Fair enough. (laughs) (laughs) They could have done. They could have done Freddy Krueger's makeup to look more like the original. It just he looked like he looked more like a mutated burn victim. Yeah in in the in the remake. I
1: think there are more makes, problems. That makes sense. More problems with the remake than that. You wanna, you wanna tell us what they are, Carissa?
2: I mean, it's a pre- it should be a red flag when, uh, your main actress, Rooney Morrow, says that, um, after she auditioned, she was hoping that she didn't get the role. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
3: oof. Ouch. Yeah.
2: Yikes. And was kinda disappointed when she got a call back.
3: Wow. Ouch. That's, that's brutal.
2: Also, I don't like that they were, like, teeter-tottering between Freddy Krueger being a child abuser or not, which, Mm. like, in the sense of a horror movie, I don't care if somebody's an abuser. (laughs) But they just couldn't make up their minds until the last second in that one. Yeah. Pick a
1: lane. Pick a lane and stick with it. Exactly. You have, um... An opinion on good and bad remakes, Ryan? On horror? Uh,
4: you know, I'll be honest, there's a lot of things that I've either only seen the remake or only seen the original of, so.
1: Uh, so can't really draw that comparison yeah. too well. Huh?
2: I mean, that's- Yeah, I've that's introduced fair. him to a lot of horror movies.
1: <laughs> I mean, that's fair, that's fair. It's, it's a pretty big genre. So, um, okay, with that in mind, it's funny because you brought up the whole, um, the actress didn't want to be in that movie it made me think of uh, an actress who actually did want to be in a movie and actually beat out i want to say somewhere in the lower hundreds of other auditions um the young girl who played um the one of the main protagonists in doctor sleep um the the secondary protagonist opposite ewan mcgregor's character um yeah she beat out several other people for that role and I would mm-hmm. put dr. Sleep up there with I, I think I could I consider that movie a legacy sequel and I would say that it is one of the better ones actually I have not and seen
3: Doctor Sleep
1: it actually fixed a lot of things that Stephen King didn't like about the shining okay yeah,
2: it's the Doctor Sleep movie is different from the book but there is a reason for that. Because Mike Flanagan had to basically make a sequel to the movie The Shining while also fixing things that Stanley Kubrick, like in Stephen King's eyes, did wrong with the movie. There okay.
1: th- there is a scene in this movie that is hard for people to sit through because the acting is so good. Um yeah. one particular character when they're being stabbed to death there the the kids acting is so good that it actually made the actors uncomfortable and they teared up on set and had to walk away for a while so i uh i will warn anyone who hasn't seen this movie about that scene going into it because it is strong if you if you have your movie if you have the movie on too loud like in an apartment building or something someone might think someone's actually getting murdered <laughs> it's jesus that good. christ yeah
2: it's. It, I mean, basically the ending of the movie Doctor Sleep, not the very, very ending, but like the ending of when they're at the hotel again is how the book, The Shining, ended. Okay. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, they changed the ending of Doctor Sleep in the movie, but I think it actually plays to the movie's strengths. Even if it, it gets kind of fanservice-y and actually ends up being one of the weaker parts of the movie overall, but it has some really good moments in it.
3: You know. There was another movie I wanted to mention real quick uh, mm-hmm. that was, re- uh, like to me, was an original idea. It's called Malignant. It's currently streaming yeah. on Max. It's, uh, Madison good. is paralyzed by shocking visions of grisly murders, and her torment worsens as she discovers that these waking dreams are, in fact, terrifying realities. This one yeah, it is I, This one good. was so good and so well done. Probably one of Another the scariest James movies. Picture probably one of the scariest movies I've seen in a long time. And it it's definitely definitely an original idea.
2: Yeah, J- yeah, James Wan just kind of pops out every decade or so <laughs> and lets everybody know what uh, the popular genre of horror movies is yeah, going to be. That was... Right, he keeps
1: revolutionizing genres, because he did, like, the first Saw movie. Mm-hmm. Um, he did The Conjuring, I want to say. Speaking of... Uh, he also of... did Dead Silence. Speaking not of not The Conjuring,
3: I don't, mean to, I don't mean to drift off from movies, but... Um, Right now, uh, going on at Six Flags Great America, they have a haunted house dedicated to the first Conjuring, uh, the, the first Conjuring film.
1: Oh wow, okay.
3: And they also have, simultaneously while that's going on, they also have a haunted house dedicated to the new Saw X film.
1: So, we actually are going to drift off from movies here because we are running low on time. So, um, we talked a lot about horror movies, and there is, like, you could... I mean, if you really want to dig deep into everything that they have to offer in the horror movie department, you, you would be here for days. You'd, yeah. like, several... do several episodes in a whole... So, you could do one episode per movie itself. So, um let's uh let's go into the niches we'll just for the sake of time combine tv shows video games books music all that shit together um let's just talk about some of our favorite stuff in that obviously like the video game stuff is more my side of thing the music is more like you guys side all that stuff but i know we've all seen some horror themed tv shows like supernatural the Hill house on netflix yep supernatural um stranger stuff things like that uh Stranger Things, yep. True Blood, all uh, that kind of shit. So, um, oh yes, True yeah, Blood. Um, what's uh, what, what's your favorite? What's uh, you know uh, among the best, some of the best for you?
3: I'd have to say Supernatural, hands down. And uh, Justin, I have you to thank for that. You introduced me to the show back in what 2011. And yeah. I, Something like that. when I, um, when I finished the show, when I finished season 15. The last episode bro i i I, I balled my eyes out.
4: I haven't seen I... the last couple I think I'm like a season and a half away from the ending at this point,
3: okay, so then yeah, I so won't spoil no spoilers because they're still no watching spoiler, right it, no, I'm not spoiling I, anything. all I will say is you're gonna want to have a tissue box ready
1: I mean that's to be expected it's a <laughs> yes i i i, I i uh all I can say to that is that I made the mistake of thinking that the penultimate episode the second to last one was the last one, and the way that one ended pissed me off and I thought that was gonna be the ending of the show originally, and I was angry, but then the actual ending came, and I was happy with it so um that's the best way to put it 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 ended the best way it possibly could for the the show that right. it is and the characters that are in it so I'm happy with that. Yeah, I agree. Supernatural, it was definitely more horror back when it had like the Scooby Doo vibes of Monster of the Week formula set up. Speaking before of it the started Scooby, having o- the overarching overarching stories, the Scooby Doo um,
3: crossover episode, Scooby Natural, was by far my favorite episode of the show.
1: <laughs> yeah, that was an interesting one. That was um,
3: like that was that was top tier. That was that I, that I, one almost felt like like fan service.
1: I was always a big fan of the weirdly creative episodes, like the one where they go through a bunch of different TV shows. Any of the ones where the prankster prankster is involved? Yes. um, Or the Groundhog Day themed one? Uh huh. uh, Yes. Where where one of them keeps dying every day. And then you got Uh, the episode
3: where they go into the, the psych ward and. The, the, the funniest part, P- pudding. Yeah. <laughs> There's yes. also
1: the episode where everyone dies in a cartoony way, like their heart bumps out of their chest or an anvil falls on them. Uh
3: huh. That was. I was like the one where too. Dean
4: loses all of his courage. That was <laughs> scary. Yeah, <yep. laughs>
1: but they definitely did for a while. There, the old, the older episodes, which definitely had that like early 2000s feel. To yes. Them, like charm. Mm-hmm. You know. Um. Just the way it was filmed and like you can see like the film grain on the, on the visual. Like, you know, when you remaster things that were old on Blu-ray, there is some visual artifacts that carry over like film grain and you can tell. Mm. Um, but like, uh, it, I-, I love that they did like the monster of the week setup with like, you know, different ghosts and like the Wendy ghosts yes. and stuff like yes. that. There's not a, f- not a fantasy monster or creature in-, in any lore that wasn't touched in that no, show.
3: No, 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 that everything was touched <laughs> on in that show. They even had
1: like Lev- Leviathans and shit. Yes. Um, fun, fun fact the leader of the Leviathans, I want to say that was season seven. Okay. Um, the the leader of the leviathans James Patrick Stewart is the voice of Zigbar in the Kingdom Hearts games.
3: Okay. So,
1: yeah, it's an interesting thing. Felicia Day also had a huge role yep, in that
3: show Yeah, she did. Yes, yeah, yeah, she she did have a really good really big role in that show for a while.
1: Yeah, um yeah, I won't get into any spoilers but like, you know, the a lot of things when they start running out of ideas start dealing with very weird shit and this show is no exception (laughs) to that (laughs) um but i do love it um yeah i uh wasn't there a purge tv series yes and it was actually there
3: was yes there was a purge show yes
1: okay um and i'm a big fan of the netflix series i haven't seen bly manor yet but the series the haunting of hill house i enjoyed that I really do. I think the tall man, Bly Manor was the tall good. man, the tall man in that was really creepy. Like he was well done in that show.
2: Um, Did you see his show, Midnight Club? No, I
3: have not. no. I no. I don't think so. That one's good too. Another really good. Uh,
2: well, that one's also Mike Flanagan.
3: Another show can't go without mentioning American Horror Story. Yeah,
1: that one, Every it's like an anthology series, so every season is a different story. And some of them do tie together, but there are definitely like good seasons and bad seasons in that show.
3: I'd have to say my all-time favorite season is season one, Murder House.
1: I think a lot of people would agree with that.
3: Um, yeah, that was yeah. by far my favorite season. That and um, Freak Show.
1: Yeah, I like the Freak Show season. It's I Curse's liked the favorite.
2: Coven. Freak Show. <laughs> I like. Well, I tried to watch it. I just couldn't. Was <laughs> it because of was it because Twisty? <laughs> the Cloud? Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, I liked. I liked Freak Show. I liked Coven. Didn't care for Asylum. Oh, that I much. loved Asylum. Um,
3: I loved the Asylum really? season. Yes.
1: Um, I um. And then, let's see, what else they had? Oh, I did like the hotel one, which is based on the real-life Cecil Hotel. Yeah. Um, didn't,
3: that, didn't that season have Lady Gaga in it?
1: It did, as a vampire. Yeah. Okay. Yes, I like that one. Um, Roanoke was just okay. That one was just okay. The only thing I remember about that season is the short guy getting disemboweled. <laughs> and they, like, they like pulled his intestines out like a long rope. Um,
3: Jeez. You know, that show has gotten but, brutal.
1: Yeah, uh so Roanoke was okay, but the Apocalypse season, where they, like, tied several other seasons together, was pretty cool. But then Evan Peters and Sarah Paulson don't really do that show anymore, so now the new main character is Emma Roberts. She's the okay. new, like, reoccurring main person. Also, the Evan... uh, they started... Speaking of Evan she Peters... She started in Coven, but... She was in the um they did a slasher season about a about a camp that's like reminiscent of like, you know, Friday the thirteenth and all that. And she was like the main one of that one, and I think Billy Lord was in it too. Um you know. And they were both in Scream Queens, which is done by the same guy.
3: Speaking of Evan Peters, though. I, I can't I can't not talk about Dahmer.
1: Oh yeah. That's right. That Dahmer. is Dahmer.
3: Dahmer was good. I... The first episode was really hard for me to get through, but I, I, I made it through all the way to the end of the show, and it was really good.
1: So, I know this is really more my thing, and I play a lot of indie horror games, and it's no question that among my favorites are games like Soma, Outlast, and Resident Evil 7, Um but does anyone here have any horror games that they've played or watched that they liked? You know, really good story or just, like, overall creative, you know, enjoyable game. Um, maybe they, they hit the horror feeling on the head for you. You actually felt uncomfortable playing it. That kind of thing. Or any, any reason, really.
2: Does Undertale count? <laughs>
1: um, No.
2: I guess depending on how you play it <laughs>
1: i mean maybe the the boss at the end yeah but that's the stuff of nightmares but i don't think i'd count the actual game but you watched you watched the quarry you watched the devil in me um i know you've you played until yep. dawn uh yep. those are all up there Stray
4: until dawn gave me an existential crisis
1: Yeah, I would count Stree as horror at times. Uh, I I would put that in
4: there. I was not expecting that game to literally give me an existential crisis, but it did.
1: (laughs) Yes. Did you finish it then?
4: Oh, yeah. I I finished it in basically one sitting. I started playing it. I played like halfway or so through it until I was too tired to play anymore. I went to sleep. I woke up. I turned on the TV and I finished the game.
1: That game has some intense moments when those little parasite bugs are chasing I, you. I also just
4: and... re- uh, recently rewatched. My buddy Matt had experienced the first half of the game with me, but he hadn't seen the rest of it and he didn't know what happened. So he was over here the other day and he actually played through the entire game in one sitting. So I watched him play through that game uh, again and experience it for the first time.
1: I didn't... My most memorable, most memorable horror game experience is definitely playing through Resident Evil Seven in VR Dread because af- after a while, <laughs> after a while, I felt like. Well, I'm talking about something I actually finished. <laughs> no, but, that is
4: that is my most memorable <laughs> horror experience for you.
1: <laughs> that's fair, but I just like. After a while, because it is, like, a full-length AAA game, and it was one of the first, like, big AAA games to be in VR on top of it, and so it's a full, like, 8 to 10-hour experience at least. And after a while of so much back-and-forth doing puzzles and stuff, I started being able to navigate that Baker mansion as easily as my own home. And it's just, like, you get this awareness of the presence around you, like, this atmospheric, like, um... Um, spatial awareness that, you know, you start hearing noises in the distance and you're like, well, better reload my gun. You know, it's, uh, and with that too, like the aiming being right in the center of your vision made mm-hmm. the aiming a lot easier In that game and, you know, being able to realistically peek around corners and look over my shoulder. Like, I felt like I was actually in that world fighting for my life after a while. I got into it. There's a boss battle where it's like you and the boss both have a chainsaw and if you swing it at the same time, the sparks go flying and you get in each other's faces and it just gave me this huge pump of adrenaline. Like it uh after a while it stopped being scary and started being more like, oh, alright, I got a shotgun, I got a machine gun, I got a flamethrower, time to kick some ass. But in the beginning, I was I was definitely pissing myself in that one. I will never forget that experience for sure. It's one of those things I wish I could erase my memory of and relive again, you know. It's so good. Uh, oh, man. what about you, Nick? Is it Until Dawn?
3: <laughs> uh it's a couple games actually. Um Until Dawn Beyond Two Souls. Uh,
1: oh, yeah. I, I would count that. I
3: would yeah. Count that. Beyond Two Souls has like a, almost like a sci-fi horror feel to it. More towards mm-hmm. the end, but at the beginning, it's like more like, it, it is paranormal, but it, it's like more like of a sci, uh, more of a, a sci-fi horror. But yeah, yeah. I'd, yeah it's I'd say, kind of but until dawn, I could easily play through, uh, no problem. Um, I've, I've, I've played some of the quarry, and I have. I haven't. I haven't touched the quarry since I was in. Wars. I'm
1: excited to hear what you think oh when you gosh. get back to it when you finish. Yeah, it. no, I've. Definitely... You started that too, didn't you, Ryan?
4: Yeah, I. I haven't finished it yet, though.
1: Okay, yeah, I'll be excited to hear what you both think because Carissa watched the whole movie mode playthrough of it. So at least she knows the basics of the story. Um, Obviously, who lives and dies will, you know, your mileage may vary, but... Okay, how did you like that one overall, by the way, Carissa? The quarry? Yeah.
2: I mean, I don't think it was as good as Until Dawn, but it was entertaining to watch, yeah.
1: It was kind of nice to see some horror legends in there, though, like David Arquette and Lynn Shane. Absolutely.
3: Yeah. Yes.
1: So that, that that part's nice, at least. And then there are other familiar faces. Brenda Song, Justice Smith from Detective Pikachu. Yes. Um,
3: he was Justice yeah. Smith was also in Jurassic World, uh, The Fallen Kingdom, and Jurassic World Dominion.
1: Oh, that's right. Forgot about that.
3: Yes. Okay.
1: Um, so, let me ask. I know that this is going to be more of a you guys thing, and of course, Nick, you can have some input on this too, obviously, but. Okay. Um, music and books, real quick, while well, we still have time. Carissa, I know you're a big book reader, and you've read a lot of horror and Stephen King stuff, and I know you're into a lot of horror-themed bands, Ryan. So.
2: What the fuck is a book? <laughs> yeah.
1: Um,. <laughs> But, like, um what was the last horror book you read, actually?
2: Good question. you read some <laughs> Stephen King stuff, right? I've read a handful of Stephen King, Yes, okay, um,
3: there was a book that was made into a movie.
1: that's a lot of them. <laughs>
4: No, there was only one. More specific, oh, yeah. <laughs>
3: more specifically, scary stories to to tell in the dark.
1: Oh, yeah, that one was kind of a disappointment for me. I was expecting maybe it's because I painted a worse picture in my head when I read those books <laughs> as a kid, but right. the movie itself was very tame, especially for a Guillermo del Toro joint. Yeah. You know. Um but also it was PG-13. I think it could have benefited from being rated R. Yeah, it really um, could have.
3: It, 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 it honestly could have felt more, more it.
1: like... It It felt like a, an extended episode of Supernatural. It did. It really did. But the creature designs were amazing. Yes, absolutely. I'll give them, I'll give them that. So I did like it for that. Um nostalgia alone couldn't save that one for me though unfortunately <laughs> I,
4: I haven't watched the movie but one of my favorite stephen king books one of my favorite horror books in general is *Cell* by stephen king okay and uh, apparently okay. the movie was really bad so i haven't even watched it but i really liked the book
2: uh, okay stephen uh, king sometimes... also has a really good book called the long walk oh yeah uh, it was written under his pen name uh richard bachman but Apparently, that one was really good.
1: there is a new horror movie out called The Boogeyman that is based on a Stephen King book. But I'm not sure whether or not it's meant to be a remake to the original Boogeyman horror movie or not, or if it's a different thing.
0: Right,
2: that one's based off of a short story of his.
1: Okay, okay. Speaking of the short stories, did you know that Dreamcatcher and It, I think, take place in the same universe, as do uh, as does. Um, Oh, shit. What's the one? The the Tower. The Dark Tower. The Dark Tower, It, and Dreamca- Dreamcatcher are all in a connected universe, apparently.
2: The Dark Tower. Um, I haven't read that one yet, but it's my dad's um favorite of his. Uh, Brings in a lot of things from the Stephen King universe.
1: Yeah, it's like a centerpiece to the Stephen King universe, the way Final Fantasy XIV is for that franchise. it um it brings from what i understand it interdu it, it introduces you to the shape shifting aliens that is what it is you know but like yeah the creature you that materializes yeah yeah <laughs> And pennywise is just the form that particular alien took which is what i find funny about it it itself is actually just a shape shifting alien <laughs> um but everyone remembers remembers it as pennywise the clown mm-hmm. um yeah, it's been a while since I've read anything. I've I've listened to. I do like to listen to some like horror stories, and maybe like sometimes like people will post like creepy short stories on Reddit that somebody on YouTube will go and read a bunch of them and stuff like that. Those I enjoy. There was a the short
3: background. story by Edgar Allan Poe that I read in high school called "The Pit and the Pendulum." That was like that. Uh, that yes. was where uh, my love for the pendulum trap for the saw for for from Saw uh, came into play.
2: I think the yeah, creepiest I read by Edgar Allan Poe was, uh, The Telltale Heart. Oh, The Telltale another Heart was one. another
3: really good one. I enjoyed the, the Raven movie where they took, uh, where they had someone like recreate all of Edgar Allan Poe's short stories in actual crimes and shit. That was such, that uh, was very well done.
1: I don't want to give too much credit to this author, because he was a racist, but, um, H.P. Lovecraft, Lovecraft <laughs> is is, is, response, is responsible for cosmic horror and the character of Cthulhu, so I do have to give some credit. Yeah,
4: yeah. I, I love Bloodborne, so I, I do have to kind of give a little bit of credit towards yes. towards him, but I don't oh, want Oh, you to. should have
1: mentioned Bloodborne in the video game. I didn't, I I didn't that, think about it
4: until just now.
1: <laughs> I would consider that horror, that's for sure. Like, so, I would consider... So- born in general yeah. to fall in some kind of like RPG horror hybrid genre honestly um yeah technically, technically also, Hollow Knight
4: is a post-apocalyptic uh world when it comes to insects
2: I'm kind of surprised yeah. for TV shows and video games nobody mentioned The Last of Us
1: yeah, The Last of Us, that, yep, yeah, we definitely should have brought that up. Because yeah. That definitely That's almost low
2: hanging
3: fruit
4: at this point. If you don't like The Last <laughs> of Us, there's something wrong with you.
3: I enjoy, yeah. I enjoy the show from what I have seen so far.
1: Such a good show, very accurate to the game. Everything they add is an addition rather than a problem. You know, like, yeah. everything they add serves to make the show better yes. uh, than the game in a lot of ways, actually. Um, and some things that you wouldn't think would translate from a game to a show actually do translate very well, surprisingly. Yeah. Um,
2: Another good horror show that nobody else mentioned that I really like is Yellow Jackets.
1: I, it's on my list. I need to see it, but I've heard really messed up things and it makes me excited to watch it.
2: <laughs> Melanie Linsky is in it and she plays the adult version of one of the characters and she's really good in it.
3: Okay. I'm
1: not sure if I would consider it horror per se, but the, <clears throat> there's a show on Paramount Plus called School Spirits where a girl is trying to solve her own murder as a ghost. And it is really, really good. Um, it's like part horror, part comedy, part drama. And, I, uh, I enjoyed it.
3: Um, I know you can't necessarily, like, have a Halloween episode without mentioning, uh, Hocus Pocus, cause, uh, those I say Sarah and I watched that last night, uh, before I went to sleep. Ah, uh, yes. Hocus Pocus. A Halloween. And we're planning on watching tradition. Hocus Pocus tonight. A Hocus Pocus two tonight. We're watching Hocus Pocus two tonight.
1: I feel like there's one of two movies everybody watches every year around this time. It's either that one or the Nightmare Before Christmas. See, that's
3: on my list too. I'm actually wearing my uh, Jack Skellington uh, lounger right now as we <laughs> as we speak
1: very very nice yes yeah um and also there's that that um grossly underrated anthology horror movie trick or treat uh, yes pumpkin headed guy yes that is so a, uh, it was so good a halloween yes theme i would i would put it out there with movies like vhs where like every story is like m- disconnected from each other maybe loosely tied yeah but ultimately they're like different it's like an anthology
3: <clears throat> now I, um, I but
1: vh vhs is like a found footage anthology series there is a
3: horror based band that i want to give credit to real quick uh they're Called... Yeah,
1: let's let's talk about music while we still have time. Yeah. There's a lot of horror bands.
3: Code Orange, they did mm. two theme songs for they did they, they did the theme song for Bray Wyatt, one of my absolute all-time favorite wrestlers. Um uh, may he rest in peace. But Code Orange did the theme song uh for him when he debuted as The Fiend, which is one of his uh, more popular uh horror based gimmicks um uh, they did his theme song let me uh let me in and okay. when he came back from his uh from being released from his contract in 2021 he uh came back in at the extreme rules pay-per-view last year in september September, I think it was no, it was October. Um, and Code Orange wrote his theme song, uh, "Shatter," and that was a really good one okay. too. Uh, m- I, more, I, I know it's. Oh, go ahead. <clears throat> it was his 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 gimmick for the fiend was more more horror focused than his gimmick was before, like when he came back, but the fiend hands down has got to be my favorite gimmick that he has ever done
1: okay um i know it's cringe um, and i don't listen to them anymore because my music tastes these days have basically changed to like instrumental relaxing music and gorillas um, but I mean, technically I would put some gorilla's stuff, not the music itself, but their music videos in the horror genre Yeah, just because they're, they're so focused on like the undead and, and deals with demons and shit like that. Like they had an album called Demon Days. It was about the war in Iraq, but still, mm-hmm. you know, um, but I used to listen to ICP a lot when I was younger and literally all of their songs were focused around plots of horror stories, like the boogeyman killing people, mm-hmm. a guy who, um, Who was in love with a ghost, so ended up, like, murdering his neighbors to appease the ghost. Yeah. And stuff like that. Um, so, and, like, toys that come to life and kill people. So that was, um, and they were literally, like, evil clowns was their whole setup. Yeah. Yeah. And one could argue that they started a cult. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. they sure the fuck did. (laughs) Um... So, yeah, they definitely fell. But, you know, when I think of horror music, a lot of it takes me back to, like, when I was playing Twisted Metal back in the PS1 days. And a lot yes. of the soundtracks would be songs by, like, Rob Zombie and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, Rob Zombie was actually a character in one of those games. Um a oh? driver in one of them. Yeah, and the Saw soundtracks, too, had a lot of, like, Fear Factory did a song for the first one called Bite the Hand That Bleeds.
4: Okay. Um, Horror and industrial metal in particular yeah. go really well hand-in-hand.
1: Mushroom Head did a song for the sixth one for the soundtrack. Um mm. I can't remember the name of it, though, but the music video had, like, the carousel set up where all of them are sitting around the table and the camera's in the center of this carousel and it's going across all their faces. Um. Mm. Yeah, I remember that and um you know then you had bands like Slipknot um yep.
3: Slipknot and yep.
1: st- stuff like that, always the different bands that would wear like the, the creepy mask.
3: Corn Corn was Corn an, was another one. There okay, so I, I have to I have to talk about the stacked album Nightmare Reimagined. Uh the soundtrack with uh all of the different bands that did covers of songs from the night uh The Nightmare Before Christmas.
1: Oh yeah. Mm. Marilyn Manson's on that one. Yes, um, that is
3: God. Rise Against Making Christmas. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yes, yes.
1: Yep. yep, yep. I actually think um Marilyn Manson has my favorite version of the song Sweet Dreams from the opening of the movie Gamer. With Gerard Butler. I was going
3: to say, Marilyn Manson's This Is Halloween is my current default ringtone on my phone.
2: Yeah, that was Nothing a good Nothing about Marilyn Manson has aged well, before. No, it really hasn't. Man, no, no, it really, really hasn't. hasn't. <laughs> or Ozzy
1: Osbourne, for that matter. <laughs> You're not
3: wrong. Ozzy is <laughs> yeah, on his last leg.
1: They just haven't. But um, I know, Ryan, Chrissy, you guys are probably more... Prone to what some of the more modern horror-themed bands are. So, what are some of yours? What are your favorites? I know you mentioned Ice Nine Kills earlier. Yeah,
2: I
3: knew Ice Nine Kills is
2: good. Yeah, Ice Nine Kills. <laughs> <laughs>
1: is that where it begins and ends? I Basically,
2: mean, there's
4: there's a lot of bands that have a lot of kind of like graphic imagery or you know music videos or things like that. But Ice Nine like Kills, like a little piece of heaven, by but eventually yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh ice nine kills really nails the theatrical aspect of it that i think that a lot of other bands don't try to touch on as much though
3: the one horror based song that they did i like that they did like a parody of stacy's mom and did a uh, did basically made it jason jason jason's mom yeah
1: oh that's nice yes that was
3: so good
1: Um, there is this one, actually, this rapper I listened to, very underground, called Kay Reno, who, um, he did a song one time where the premise of the song, I can't remember the name of it, I'd have to look it up, but the premise of it was very Saw-themed, where him and a bunch of other people woke up in a room, and they were all being tested for their sins, um, and it was kind of like, it was like, there was like a message to the song, too, though, because it was all like, like, um, like, Cops and politicians and doctors and people like that in positions of power that were being tested, you know? Um so that was a, that was an interesting one. I also think horror movie soundtracks, too, a lot of them, uh, have a lot of horror-themed people involved in them. Um because, uh, Charlie Closer, Closer from the, uh, Nine Inch Nails did a lot of the soundtrack for the Saw movies. He's the one behind the infamous Hello Zep theme, which plays during the twist at the end of every movie.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: He um,
2: also composed the music for um, a movie that came out, I think it was last year, Bones and All.
1: Okay, yeah, I keep hearing about that, and I haven't watched it yet, and I feel like I need it's to. It's pretty good. Um, yeah, so um, what would you say is uh, one of your favorite um, soundtracks from a from a horror? It could be a horror movie or game, honestly, but... Just what you think, like, a, a horror movie or game where the soundtrack really adds to the experience. Really sells the, the, mm-hmm. um, the atmosphere that they're going mm-hmm. for. You know, and I know some of it's like very gimmicky, like a lot of horror things when they're trying to build tension, they just start playing the violins really fast in the background. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not so much looking for that as I am looking for like examples of more like well done stuff, like using Tiny, tiny Tim's "Tiptoe Through the Tulips" for um, insidious. insidious think, yeah, is a insidious. good example. Yeah, yeah. That's just an example of a non-horror song in a horror setting that makes it more creepy.
3: Yeah, um, you know, I, I have. I- I haven't, I haven't the foggiest clue.
2: Yeah, I'm stuck on this one. I do. I have... take it
1: that uh, the soundtracks probably aren't the first thing that stand out to you guys when you watch a horror movie. Then
3: <laughs> I do have another artist. Not necessarily, I have another artist. But
1: there are some iconic themes, though. Like I said, there's the Saw theme, but then Halloween Jaws. has its own theme. Jaws, Jaws has theme. yeah, Jaws. Yeah. You know, I have
3: to,
1: I have so to agree stuff with like... that. But what's your other artist?
3: Skits Craven, um, he did a song that I found, uh, it was, it, I found out about Skits Craven through TikTok, actually. And there was this song that he wrote called Bad Temper. Okay. And on the cover, the cover art is, it looks like, um, it looks like the Hulk's eye in, like a picture frame but it's it's very very dark okay but it's, it's skits craven bad temper if you ever get the uh, get the chance to, to yeah check it out it's 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 decent i haven't listened to any of his other stuff but based on what I am seeing on like his albums he seems to be like a pretty dark artist altogether so I'm definitely going to have to check the rest of his stuff out. But Skitz Craven, um, Bad Temper is very, very dark. And um, I would say, I would argue uh, that it's horror-based.
1: I just remembered, by the way, Cleansing Room is the name of that K-Reno song I was thinking of earlier. Um, okay. A little bit ago. Where they all like wake up and they get tested. It's called The Cleansing Room. Yeah, that's a, that's a, a pretty good one I'd put um in there okay well before we wrap up does anybody have anything else horror related they would like to bring up give a mention um that's not like in the categories we already spoke of maybe there's like a podcast or a youtube channel that specializes in this area that I'm like
3: gl- to- I'm glad that you mentioned that because there is a podcast that I want to give a shout out to and uh, thanks to my lovely girlfriend Sarah for introducing me to it uh it's more it, it does involve murder uh it's a it's a true crime comedy uh podcast called small town murder okay and it's these two guys just they 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 their there's they're, their their disclosure is yes we make fun of the towns we make fun of the scenario, but we don't make fun of the victims of the victim's families. We're assholes, but we're not scumbags. It's actually, it, it's really, good... it's really, it's really interesting. It's really funny too. And they come up with some of the most unique names for their podcast episodes. It's hilarious.
1: Um, in that vein, I will also, cause we talked about dead meat already earlier. So I also want to recommend mm-hmm. one called the last, the last podcast on the left um
3: oh, the last I podcast last okay podcast last, last yeah, podcast they also the last. fall okay. under that okay
1: yeah it's a group of guys that they, they they talk very similarly to what you're saying about like real life situations mm-hmm. and stuff like that but they also go over like short stories they did a whole episode one time dedicated to cryptids okay like, um you know like um mothman yeah, they do yeah like the um cryptids like you know like the the pasta creatures that the internet creates uh uh-huh. just- Slenderman. Yeah, Slender Man stuff like that. The rake.
2: They did one on Mothman not too long yep, ago. Yep, Mothman. Like they redid okay. Mothman. Yep.
1: Yeah, so they have those the kind of things. I think they also did. There's also um, an entire YouTube channel that I watched that's a spinoff of the infographics channel where they go into every single creature in the SCP Foundation and files. Okay. Which um, you know is like an internet-based horror phenomenon. SCP where they uh it it like yeah. it's about like a secret research government facility where they keep a bunch of monsters and other otherworldly beings and creatures trapped the video game control is actually very loosely based around it okay um so um yeah cuz but they do it with like inanimate objects that have different powers but the actual SCP Foundation has different creatures of varying degrees of like horrifying and dangerous that they keep trapped down there. Yeah. This YouTube channel is dedicated to going through the whole thing. Another internet phenomenon that in the horror department that got popular recently is called the Backrooms which is like this Very well designed found footage type thing where the idea is that you, you basically no clip like a video game character into this alternate reality Uh where you're trapped in this like basically yellow looking infinite office building where the floor is wet and gross and like there's something possibly chasing you the whole time and it just gets deeper and deeper the more you go down the rabbit hole with that so i also recommend looking into the back rooms there are actually i think dead meat actually did an episode talking about the back rooms and going through the whole story that was available up to that point okay um yeah, cause I think they're done. The backrooms is done now, but there is a YouTube channel where you can watch all the videos and they do such a good job at making it look like old VHS footage. Nice. How they put it together, I will never understand, but it's very, very well done. So. Okay. Um, yeah, I put those things up there and, you know, maybe if you want some other fucked up experiences, watch Happy Tree Friends. I love <laughs> Happy Tree
3: Friends! <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, but do you, uh, do our guests have anything else they want to add to that? Uh Twilight.
3: Uh.
1: <laughs> <laughs> sure. Yeah, everyone watched the Twilight movies. That's the
4: thing. Uh I okay. think the the true real most terrifying thing in the world right now uh would hands down have to go to uh current modern day radio country music. Like <laughs> you just you can't escape it and that is terrifying. <laughs>
1: Uh, the algorithm. I actually feel lucky that I haven't actually unwillingly heard a country song in a long time. Me either. But knowing um,
4: that they're out there lurking just around the corner, it's terrifying.
1: <laughs> yes. Okay. Well, with that um, well-intentioned warning put out there for everyone... Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to go ahead and wrap this one up. So uh, that was a very well done and deep discussion about all things horror. Uh, thank you so much to our guests for joining us for this episode. Um, I'm glad we were finally able to get it all synced up. Um, so as always, uh, if you, you let me know in the comments down below if you're watching this on YouTube about some of your favorite horror stuff in different genres, movies, games, TV shows, whatever it is. You know, whatever you like. Um, you know, and click that like button if you're on YouTube. If you're on Spotify, you can follow. If you're on Apple Podcasts, leave a rating and yada yada so on and so forth. You can also send me an email at MrOversoul53 at gmail.com. M-R-O-V-E-R-S-O-U-L-5-3 at gmail.com. Follow me at the website formerly known as Twitter at Oversoul53. Um, once again, I have been your host, Justin, a.k.a. oversoul and uh nick
3: uh you can find me on the website formerly known as twitter uh at the vaping fiend uh tiktok the.vaping.fiend and i don't use twitch all that often but i'm the vaping fiend on there as well and i have been i have been your co-host nick aka the vaping fiend
1: and uh, do our guests have any socials they'd like to plug? Uh,
4: I mean, I technically have a uh, an X account by the name of RMK Buried Alive, <laughs> but I'm not going to be probably using that for very much longer. So uh, you can find me. I have a Facebook page, Buried Alive Gaming. Uh, I haven't been active on it in forever, but I do want to start streaming again at some point in the near future, and I normally do that on Twitch at RMK Buried Alive. Uh, but I'm sure that you will see more of me uh right here on the Oversoul gaming platform in the near future too. Oh.
1: Yes. One of these days we're gonna have you back in a let's play, you and Dylan, hopefully. <laughs> and uh you have anything, Carissa?
4: No. Don't find her. <laughs>
2: okay. Fair enough. All <laughs> I do is look right. there's no point in following <laughs> me. I don't post anything. <laughs> She hasn't updated
4: her profile picture in seven years. That is true.
1: Once again, our guests have been my sister, Carissa, brother-in-law, Ryan, who you know on YouTube as Rayquaza and uh, Twitch as RMK Buried Alive. Uh, Thanks again to everyone for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Happy Halloween. Stay safe out there, and we'll catch you in the next one. Good night, everybody.
2: Bye. Bye. Peace.